Welcome to Grog Talk. I'm James. I'm Dan. Where are we at today, Dan? We are at the Blood of the Vine Tavern in Barovia. We're just heading through. That we were, but now we're kind of stuck here. What's up with that dude, Eric? He's, he's creepy. We, I ordered our drinks and he didn't say anything. He just passed the drinks to us and then started... Everyone's kind of lifeless here. You think we should investigate? Well, I think we should. I mean, we are two clerics, wild and crazy clerics. Perhaps we'll investigate uh, what's going on and with the power of our deities. That's true, we're brothers. That's right, I'm boring. Actually, I that's what we should have said, I'm boring, I'm pious. You gotta say your last name. Uh, sermons, boring sermons, that's right. <laughs> you're a pious faith keeper. Well, your name is not as uh, rude, so that's good. Yeah, well, you know. I, just, I had a guy, Father Pain and Sister Agony, because that's what I was I, getting, I like that. That's right. All right. So this is our Halloween episode. That's right. Happy Halloween. Just two weeks after GrogCon, we're, uh, we're ready for some shenanigans, and, and we're going to talk specifically about uh, the undead. You know, first edition, undead, there were, uh, you know, besides the standard goblins and kobolds, that was the thing when you're early adventure, you ran into a lot of them. And um, we, in fact, this is good. We need to do this because... When we did clerics, we omitted un- turning, right? So this will be an opportunity to talk about turning. That's so, why. That's why we're doing this. That's right. We had to do a whole episode because we kind of screwed up. Yeah. Let's try to remember it this time. Yeah, that maybe would be the good. Pe- maybe the people out there can help us remember if we forget. Right. That would be helpful. Um, so let's see what we got here as far as announcements. We're sorry, we're a little bamboozled. We had some audio issues, but I think we're. Uh, we're putting our amazing set together. Sounds a wee bit flat on the high end and unclear on the low end. Okay. Thank you. Uh, let me see what we can do about that. Let's see if we can adjust the. Uh, see if we can adjust that for you. Very that's, impressive. You're like an airline pilot. It's like a, a cockpit. That's right. There's all kinds of shenanigans. There's all these controls and. Yeah, we're trying. We're we're doing more than. Uh, this is why having a production goblin would be wonderful. I will. I'm not going to lie. I got spoiled a little bit because I could focus on. Some of these other things. Let me see. Yeah. All right. Well, well, it made a little louder. Different to usual sound mix. Okay. That's interesting. I don't know. Um, but let me, uh, let me figure that out. I'm going to crank it up, crank the gain up, and see what happens there. Let me, let me look. Should we start over? That's right. No, we're not starting over. We are not. Check. Check, check, check. Okay. We'll make it a little louder. Um, yeah, I apologize. I'll have to listen back to it because I don't know what I've done differently. Could be the batteries are going bad, but we're going to, we're going to, can you hear us okay? Hello? Check, check. Yeah. Um, if not, I'll, I'll keep adjusting it, but he's, he's, it it sounds, I think it sounds like it's compressed or something. He's, he's basically saying, hopefully it's not a streaming issue as well. So, um. We'll kind of play it by ear. So if it gets better or worse, just uh, let us know out there. Um, okay. So we have some special guests. We have uh, hopefully Carlos coming on in a little bit. Yep. Um, you know, we, we're starting to think about GrogCon, even though it's a year away. Uh, we're going to start working on that. Okay. 
So, yeah, I'm going to have to figure that out, Minion. I'm not sure why it's, uh, it's doing that. It, it, I had to reboot the machine and it was having some issues. So I apologize. I'll have to do some homework uh, after. But if it gets worse where you can't hear, just let me know and then we may have to start over. But if you can hear us, that would be great. Um, let, me, uh, let me try this as well. Try it again. Try you. Chat. Hello. Hello. All right. Yeah. Let's Chat. let's see if that's. Maybe your mic was a little jacked up. All right. That should be. All right. Let's try that now. Because I saw this was a little bit off. So okay. Cool. We are. We should be uh, good to go. All right. Love the audio issues first thing in the morning. All right. So um, thanks to our patrons and reviews on iTunes. We haven't had any new ones, but. Um, I do want to mention that we have climbed within over the top 100 in all the countries that we've been ranked in. Wow. That's crazy. That's right. We were 187 in the United States. That's the first time we've been in the top 500. Wow. How's that? That's awesome. Yeah. So thank you out there. The the word is spreading, though it's compressed and they can't hear it. But going forward. Well, see, this is the problem. It's like the Sports Illustrated curse. Mm -hmm. We hit the top 187 or higher in all these countries. Right. And now we have a terrible show. So then people are going to come and they're going to be like, this is what... This right. Was. It's like an upset. Right. It up. was like that, uh, like the movie that was hyped up too much. So yeah, uh, I'm a little disappointed in that. So uh, we haven't had any new iTunes reviews. If you were so gracious enough, if you listen to our podcast, if you can uh, do a review, that'd be great. All right. So um, I think because we hopefully have Carlos on in a little bit... Uh, we should probably do our random encounter. And we've decided, because this is an undead, undead-themed uh, day, we're going to do an undead table. So you create well, a table. Well, and, and it's a graveyard table. Oh, correct. So it's a Halloween. It could be undead, but it's a graveyard random encounter right. table. Right. We shouldn't just assume it's uh, going to be an undead. It may not be. And now, you know, there's some controversy. Who's the champ? Is it a giant scorpion or a uh, large scorpion? Well, is that the... Uh... So, we, so if you notice on our notes, uh, and we do want to thank... Um, I forgot the gentleman's name. It's a huge scorpion. It is a huge. It, well, yes, it, it is a huge. I did validate that. It is a huge scorpion. Which one's bigger, huge or giant? Giant is bigger. Oh, so we're just down to huge. He's been. He's been downgraded. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, that that is that is uh, incontroversial. So this guy, so the huge scorpion, pinches. Was it pinches or st- uh, what was the other? Stingley? <laughs> Did you uh, decide? All right, one, what? two, three pinches, four, five, six, Stingley. There's going to be a vote. I don't, uh, yeah, there wasn't a vote is that yet. Stingley? All right, Stingley. So Stingley's looking for... For this week. He's looking... Well, it could be it. He's looking for a tomb, don't you think? Uh, he's heading to the graveyard. He's whistling through the graveyard looking for a tomb. Yeah, Steve told us this. Steve Herring, he commented a couple of things I want before we go into uh, the Scorpion. One... That in the Monster Manual 2 random tables, it was a huge scorpion, not a giant scorpion. He was correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the huge scorpion is only a 4 plus 4 hit dice, okay. whereas the giant scorpion is 5 plus 5, and the damage was not as much. The other thing which we I didn't know about is that dragons, and this is why we're so fortunate. We have a bunch of really experienced people. We don't know everything. Uh, in fact, we know basically nothing a lot of times. Right. We know we, we don't know more than we know. That's right, exactly. That, that's a good thing. Um, in the Monster Manual, under Dragons, there's a section about the, the, hip, the saving throw for a dragon. And it specifically says, if you take their hit points, divide it by uh, four, 
and that's the equivalent hit dice they should be as far as saving. So Scarlet Rose should have been uh, the highest level fighter on the saving charts. So you know, because you have such a variance in in hit po- in hit points, right? And, Based and, on age. Is that well, right? that and and so typically the hit dice is from nine to eleven for a red dragon. So the idea is, as the dragon gets older and more mature, they All become right. more powerful, more magical. Right. They should have a better resistance to magic via the saving throw. Is the concept. So, um, the uh, so the the idea was, uh, as Steve pointed out that Scarlet Rose should have saved as, as a uh, 17th level, which of course is a big deal because you know, that potentially could save. But we, I reviewed the tape. Because <laughs> you know, it's, it's, fortunately it it's worked important. out. Uh, I rolled the first save for Scarlet Rose I saved was a two I rolled, which right. was still a failure for a 17th level uh, fighter under poison. Happen. Regardless of whether it was a huge spider or a giant spider. So I think the overall, I want to spend just a couple of minutes on when the DM makes a mistake. You know, what, uh, what do you do when you find out later that, um, you know, you've made a mistake or you've allowed uh, a rule. You know, the, the player has said, oh, I've cast this spell or I do this. And you find out later that they're not uh, correct. Uh, you know, in this case... Yeah. We were fortunate. We're fortunate. We have people watching us, but uh, in many cases, we don't have that. In, in your normal local game, you're just showing up and you're you're playing. So, how do you handle that? Well, I think the way I I would handle that. I mean, I'm trying to think of situations in which that's happened. I mean, I, I think generally, if the mistake is to the player's benefit, you assume that it was an act of divine intervention. You just go with it. You don't want to make you don't want to turn back the clock and make things worse for the player. But if the player should have lived, let's say, I mean, I, you know, I, I think if there was a mistake and the player should have lived, I would probably, you know, replay it and allow the player. I, I wouldn't want the player to suffer as a result of a mistake. I mean, right. one can make an argument that what's done is done, and that's just the way the game is. It's like sports. I mean, you can certainly use a sports analogy. If it wasn't challenged at the time, yeah. you know, the New Orleans Saints didn't get to go to the Super Bowl, right? Right. On, on that play with, with the Rams. So that's how I would play it. I, 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 would, I wouldn't want a character to die, for example. If, uh, and what would you do in that case? So l- let's say in this case you were the, your pinches. Uh, what, no, Stingley. You're Stingley and, and you were killed because I, you were supposed to be 5 plus 5, but you're only right. 4 plus 4. A friendly cleric comes by. And, okay. Or maybe if I'm saving a scorpion, I'm an unfriendly, I'm an unholy cleric. And so I don't You know, in other words... Everyone knows it's a game. I think you just make up some nonsense about you've been resurrected or whatever, you know, just to keep it going. I don't know that everything's got to line up perfectly right. with the rules. What are your thoughts? I think typically I would, it depends how long it took when you found the error. Oh, to be sure. Uh, so, I mean, if you found it within 10 minutes, mm-hmm. it, it, I think anything past a few game rat turns, mm-hmm. you have to just let it go, whatever mm. happens. And then you have to do something to at least mitigate some of that. Yeah, It really is the hard, the, the, unfortunately the stakes get higher uh, when you're dealing with higher level magic. So you have a situation where, you know, the, the person fails his save versus disintegrate. And then you find later, uh, oh, wait a minute, he's, you know, had anti-magic or something like that. Yeah. I think part of it is whose fault is it? If it's the player's fault. Mm, I agree. Uh, that they didn't know they had any magic show, so sad, too bad. Right. 
that I, I think we really need to, players need to be invested in their characters. And I say that caveat, um, you know, if it's a player that's never played before, you know, then you give them a little bit of a break. Uh, but then, you know, they wouldn't have anti-magic shell. That's why really beginning players should start beginning level so they can learn the game. If it's on you, um, then I would try to adjudicate. I would, I would let the, talk to the player, say, hey, I made a mistake. You should have saved. Um, and it was really egregious. It wasn't like, uh, you know, you roll, you needed a 17 and you rolled a 16 and you really need a 16. You really didn't even need to make a save. Uh, you know, do you want me to figure out a way to bring you back in or do you want to start over with a, with a different character with similar skills? Um, I tend not to uh, try to fix things. I just assume those were the rules at the time and commit to getting better. And then I document it what we did, and, and, and again, part of it is you want the players to help you remember all these rules. You know, you're the DM is the referee, but you know, it's, it's a collaborative game. They should be helping you with some of this. And you know, the downside to it is you get some rules lowering, but the plus side is you want it to be a, a fair game where everyone takes advantage of it. Okay, so I just thought that was a good segue into um, some of the challenges that I think we as dungeon masters have when you know, there's, a, there's a lot of rules, and sometimes you don't get them right. All right, so we're going to roll some uh, random encounters. Okay, yeah, and so I've got this special, uh, should I disclose what it is, or should I just roll on, should I disclose the contents of my graveyard random encounter? Should no, I, I think you should just roll. You want to roll? It's, it's, die, it's die 12. Right. So die 12. All right. You're going to Scorpion's in we'll, we'll the graveyard. Post this, we'll post this. That's right. So well, Stingley. I post it. It's terrible. I just wrote it. Uh, it's, it's, it's like, like that's, that's Instagram it. material. You Five. Just, that's Instagram. Eight. A large spider. A, l- a large spider. That's a very not even a giant spider. A large spider. Let's not get confused now. It's right. large. It's spider. a large spider. Okay, so if you go to the monster, here manager, it is. There, perfect. Right. That's it. Let's see. Can you see that? Yeah, you can. Perfect. A large spider. Nice. All right. Spider. This is not going to go off a large spider. You don't think? I'm so? thinking Stingley's going to. Yeah, remain. large spider is not very. You should. You didn't even do giant, so no. Or it is huge. Large. Which right. At least there's some consistency. Large, huge, and giant. So large is, large is not as large as giant. So it's... Uh, I forgot about you. Yeah. yeah. All right. They scuttle and scurry about on walls, ceilings, and floors, in and out of their webs. See, so this is appropriate. Right, right. Right from Halloween, in and out of their webs. Uh, always, I love this. Always searching for victims. Right. Because I remember this came up in a game once where I had wow, these... this large, heavy. I know. This is nice. Yeah. I don't kid around with my Halloween that, that's stuff. That's nice. So the spider came out and attacked, and the player complained. that well, Why in the world do you have this aggressive spider? Hey, but they are aggressive. It says they are 90% likely to attack any creatures within three inches, so that would be within 30 feet. 30 feet. If it's inside. If it's in a graveyard outside in a couple of trees, it could be 30 yards. That's right. It could be just roaming. So, so I mean, I think this is sinister. Large spiders are flying through the air. Exactly. I yeah, love so, it. Large spiders are not like, you know, giant rats are not aggressive, right? They actually... They're only cornered, right? Is only that... cornered, right? They seek to avoid it. I mean, yeah. they're, they're rats. So I could say these are spiders. These, yeah, these spiders are aggressive. So if you see a spider... Boom. Players get smart after a while, don't they? They look up, always look up in a dungeon. Especially if you're first level. Right. You definitely want to look up. If because... you see webs... Generally, stay away. Right. Avoid it if you don't Burn have it. to. Burn it right away. Burn it or just keep moving. I can tell you, 
Can we give away spoilers? Yes. Little spoilers on modules? Sure. Okay. So I ran, as you know, Citadel by the Sea, one yep. of my favorite modules from Dragon Magazine. And as 78. You, well, very good. And as you may remember, there was a room in there with a lot of cobwebs. Right. And there was a broken door. And one of the player characters, you guys were trying to look through and all that. Yep. And you went under the door, and there was a spider on the back of the door. Yep. Drops down, killed one of the characters. Bit, killed it right away. Very unhappy. Right. The party in the game at the convention, and I don't know if this is because of time constraints, looked in there, saw cobweb. We're moving on. Nah, that's it. There's no reason. We to... don't <laughs> think the prize is here. Right. This is just death. And avo- exactly. This is just death. So you get a, a plus two save, which is nice. But these things are horrible. Large spiders, two to 20. Oh, let me ask it. Don't look. Oh, I'm sorry. It's too late, isn't it? Yeah, I saw. What do you want me to tell me? Uh, What's their number appearing? Well, you just said two to 20. They're common. Oh, oh I'm common. Sorry. No, I said number. You're right. You're right. I, said, I didn't yeah, say I, frequency. That is terrifying. Yes. Just like the goblin is common, the, the idea of these giant predatory arachnids all over the place is terrifying. That are aggressive. Right. It's like a horror movie. The right. kingdom of the spiders. Right, and if they hit, you know, they're one plus one. That means they hit like a hobgoblin, which we talked about last time. Um, so they're equivalent to a second level fighter, basically without bonuses, plus or minus. I'm kind of just why are they equivalent? Why? Because they're one plus one. So one plus one hit dice is equal to actually correct to a third level fighter. If you look at the third wow. level fighter table, and you look at the one plus yeah. one hit dice, they they need the same scores. That's really surprising. Yeah, so they're equal to a third-level fighter, and, and so they're very likely to hit you. And if you're a first-level anything with poison, uh, most characters have less than a 50-50 chance. Only a cleric uh, and obviously a, 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 a dwarf, and I think what halflings get saves against poison too, but I'm pretty sure dwarfs do. Because they're constitution. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is halfling gnomes and dwarves. So, it, I mean, this is why they're, they're next to a white in a first level. Oh, no, wait, maybe that's save. I'm sorry. Maybe that's just save versus spells. Higher. I think gnome is higher for, 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 for spell. spell yeah. And I think halfling is too, aren't they? Uh, it could be. Maybe it's no. Maybe it's just gnomes. And we dwarves. can look it up. Poison, I think, is just dwarves. Oh, sorry. Really? okay. I don't know. One, I yeah, it's definitely dwarves, and then potentially some other ones. I thought halflings were a little. But you know, so. So, so Minion says a spider doesn't stand a chance. He may be right, but, you know, anything with poison has a puncher's chance, so to right. speak. Right. Like in a, in a boxing match, if you've got a... So halflings get poison as well. Halflings get poison as well. Halfling and dwarves, but not gnomes. Really? Again, what do I, what I need to tell you about gnomes? Yeah. That's Sorry. all right. All right. Okay, so this is... So, yeah, these guys are, these guys are really... Well, so, so are they in houses? Uh, like, you, like you're sleeping. Right. And in the corner... Is, there, is, a, is a giant, how medium-sized, you know, it's, it's, it's large. Oh, well, yeah, no, this is the worst. Huge spiders are also common. Right. And they're medium-sized. Right. They're common. Right, that's massive. Common where, though? So they're getting into your house, so you come home, and there's like an enormous spider. Who's a five-level fighter. Yeah, that's terrifying. So you would need, so you'd need, you'd need an exterminator. Well, and you know what's interesting? Um... I was listening to a podcast that I tweeted, the Grognard Files. Shout out to the Grognard Files. Um, they were talking about city adventures, and there was, I forgot, uh, one of the folks who was designing them that they were reviewing said, you know, these city adventures are rife with this death and destruction. I mean, that's not how a city should be. You should be able to traverse around and not constantly being attacked. So 
no, you know, the idea of that there's a 20% chance in every household that there's a giant spider seems kind of Yeah, you ridiculous. could see, you know, so maybe hotels can advertise like we're spider-free. Sp- like, but like Guaranteed. Bed bugs, like bed bugs. Like you bed know? bugs. We are, we are spider-free. Giant spider, huge spider-free. We've, we've Guaranteed. exterminated. Well, that was one of the first jobs we had in yes. uh, Pelennor, wasn't it? Yeah. We were, we, we were spider killers. It was like a daddy long legs. So one of the Dragon magazines had additional spiders, which I thought was pretty cool. We should do a spider segment then. Oh, I'd love to do spider okay. segment. Because I want to know, why are these spiders sitting there in a dungeon? Where's the food? How do they get in there? How does the giant spider get in the dungeon? Why well, that's, is it there? That's the, whole the ecolo- that's the whole idea of the ecology of uh, spiders, which again is another, or ecology of all these creatures. Yeah. Oh, hold on. Oh. oh hold on just a second. Carlos Lising. Is it 8.30? Calling in. It's 8.30. Well, because we're always behind. We need to do the combat, though, don't we? All right, hold on. Or shall we switch to? Uh, Hold on, we, we, we're gonna we're gonna start. I can hear you. Hold on, I don't think you can hear us. Yep. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes. Yep, yep, yes. We can hear you. Hold on. Uh, you can't hear us. Check, check, check. Check. Hold on a second. Check, check. Ah, oh, we love live live TV. Uh, let's see. How about now? Let's see. Can you hear us now? All right, hold on. Let me adjust the mic here. We started jibber-jabbering, and uh, our jibber-jabber didn't help. We were talking about spiders. Well, that's our, that's our random monster, is a large spider. Right, I'm rolling. I'm moving this over so you can see somewhat, some of us, at least. Uh, this... this, uh, mo- this Web camera's a little tight for us, but you'll see Dan. Hold, hold on. Let me get you. Um, I get put your headphones on there, oh, Dan. Good point. All right, I got to turn. I got to turn you on there, Carlos, onto the main screen here. Oh, we are oh, yeah. live. Oh yeah, we we are super live. Yep. I just got to get you uh, set up here. We were having some audio technical wait, do you have Wait, is that a lozenge? What are you eating, Carlos? Okay, look at this. James has a bag of lozenges. I have a bag of lozenges. All three of us. Hey, Carlos, if you could just move your camera a little bit north so we get more of your head. Or, or sit back. That's perfect. Cool. And three, two, one. Boom. Look at you. Now you're there. Good morning. How are you? Awesome. How about you guys? We're good. We're a little rough. Just not. Uh, again, we got we had some technical difficulties. You know how that goes. It always kind of throws everything for a loop. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh-huh. It's part. Of, it's part of the game. Unfortunately, it's because it's the Halloween episode. It's cursed. The Halloween curse. Do you, Carlos? Do you want to watch the uh, combat? We we rolled a random monster. As you know, Stingley, the huge scorpion, giant. A large scorpion of some of some size is the champ, and we've just rolled a large spider. And so the, the okay. we did we did a graveyard random encounter. I, I did a little table for random graveyard encounter, and so awesome. yeah. So Stingley's was looking for a tomb to you know to go hang out in, as they're known to do. And he ran into he ran into a large spider. So 
So you want to watch this combat, or shall we go to incomprehensible death? No, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'd be happy to watch the combat. Oh, okay. yeah. All right. All right. Well, uh, so I'm playing the uh, spider. Oh, okay. Right? Because you're the champ. Ocho? Oh, no. I'm sorry. You always play the ch- you play the challenger, right? I'm always the Yeah, because I tried to seduce. Well, I didn't, you know. It, that's, that's another horror story. I'm Ocho. You're Ocho? I'm Ocho. All okay. right. Let's do it. So we're multilingual now. That's nice. Or o- Octo is uh, eight in Greek, <laughs> so there you go. I'm a Spanish spider. Nice. All right, so we're rolling for surprise. Right, absolutely. Right? All right. I am not surprised. Ocho is not surprised. Okay, neither, no one's surprised. Neither is uh, uh, Snippy. What is his name? Stingley. 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 And what is he? Huge, large? He is a huge scorpion. Thanks. Huge scorpion. So Stingley. And, and the reason I didn't name him, because every time we name these things, we they do, die. They die. So I, I just figured, That's why? That's why I'm naming them. That's my initiative. Oh. Right? That's his initiative. Yeah, yeah. What'd you roll? Three. Oh, we got to tell the folks at home. To, uh, one. 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 All right. So you're the spider? I'm the spider. So I, should, I, should I enforce the multiple attack rule now? Wait. If, if, okay, no, I read this in the DMG. If it is your natural, it's like claw, claw, bite, uh-huh. is considered one routine. Oh, okay. One routine. What, do you have a source for that? Yes, the DMG on the actual, on uh, the multiple text. Is that part of the uh, AF, the uh, asterisk no, and, and footnotes? No, it's in the actual text. Which, by the way, Carlos, we're going to do a, a Kickstarter called uh, Rules AF, uh, asterisks and footnotes, because everything, you read the rule and then you read the asterisk, which totally changes the rule. So we're just going to... Oh, of course. We're just going of to... Uh, we decided that that's going to be our Kickstarter. We're just going to take all the asterisks and footnotes out of first edition and put them on a sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a pretty long sheet. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's right. The, the RAF. All right, I'm going to move over here so you can see me. All right, I'm attacking. Yes, you're attacking. One. One. You're lucky you don't have oh, nice. Vic's dice. Nice done. All right, so... Uh, Ocho's in trouble. The huge spider from the Monster Manual 2, not a giant spider. No, it's scorpion. Scorpion. That's right. You're the scorpion. Yeah. We're, we're all baffled. Do you here. need your stats? I don't need stats. He's four well, plus four. What, okay. What's your armor class? My armor. Well, I'm wearing plate mail. No, you're not wearing plate mail. Okay, it's an eight. Eight. <laughs> That's a oh, hit. Oh, it's a hit. That's a hit. Oh, I'm hit dice one plus one. So roll your hit dice. Oh, it's terrible. Be, be, it's like a knockout. This, this is yeah. Is that an eight sided? It's not going so well. No, he's got two claws. Three point hit points. So, uh, oh. in, in, so of course, uh, Stingley, as he's now the king of all monsters, he's traverses through the graveyard. Yeah, and sees the spider webs and thinks nothing of it. He's killed a red dragon. Right. And I have a ninety. Let's see if I came out and was aggressive because right, a ninety percent chance. Right. right. That I was aggressive. Well, you were aggressive. You attacked. It. Fifty-seven. Yeah, you were easily aggressive. That's very. Did clear. you know, Carlos? Did you know that? That large spiders, they're aggressive. 90% chance they'll attack you if you're within 30. Yes. Yeah. Highly aggressive. And they're common. Ter- yeah. Ter- they're everywhere. Terrifying. So, um, I have three hit points. Next time you need to do this, uh, this giant marine spider. Oh, that would have been good, yeah. Seven plus seven hit dice. Okay. Look out. Well, so you have three hit points. Uh, yes. The huge. Well, I had three hit points. The huge scorpion. Say, should you, should that be past tense? Yeah, right. I think it's. The huge scorpion uh, does one d eight, one d eight, uh, as opposed to a giant scorpion, which was one d ten, one d ten. Okay. So the good news is, if I roll a one twice, you'd still be. Wow, I got a shot. You, hey, That'd be great. all you need is the the believe, believe in the heart of the dice. Yes. Eight. Don't, don't believe in the heart. <laughs> three. So you're. Uh, so what I, I can I. 
The spider descends down,、yes. makes your attack, and I assume the pincers just—you're、oh. not ocho anymore. You're more like、oh. cinco,、oh. maybe cuatro.、Oh. I'm not sure how many legs you have, but you don't、All、have、right. as many. Yeah, so he's like, oh, he's just well, upside down. Upside, yeah, yeah just put him upside down. That's perfect. He's kind of you like in those video games where、yeah, kind of、we'll、twitches. Yeah, we'll put him over here. He wants his mama. Ah,、uh, there you go. So、he's、very sad. Look who's coming now. Ah,、uh, that well, that would be the marine huge spider. So, <laughs> marine.、Uh, all right. Well, very good. So I will now, because he survived two weeks, I will seal his fate by doing a Twitter poll of what his name is. Because we had Stingley, Pinches, Pinches, and then, something else. Buster Douglas. Buster、wife. Douglas. That、yeah. was terrible. Well, wait a second. What happened? What happened to Scarlet? Oh, oh well, you're gonna have to watch the. We have bad news for you, you buddy. To, you have to watch、uh, last week's episode. Yes. Well, let's put it this way: a giant scorpion. Wait, sorry, huge scorpion. Well, yeah, his champ, huge scorpion one. Sorry, man. It was pay per view. You needed to pay for yeah, that. Yeah, I guess I if I would have shown up and I actually played her, it would might have gone differently. Exactly. In fact, I'm sure it would have gone differently. I'm so I'm devastated. Yeah. Good morning. Yeah. So.、Um, yeah. Yeah. That it. It was. It was. Dan used all his.、Uh, Uh, Esquire abilities to make get all the rules that he could, so that、but、he、I、gave the scorpion the chance. But wait, but I rolled really well, and you rolled really bad. I, uh, yes, uh, he was、uh, Scarlet Rose was asleep. I rolled under twenty、yes. percent. He got multiple attacks. Oh yeah, I, I didn't like a surprise of like four rounds. Right, surprise. surprise for four segments. I mean, it was just all bad. Yeah, and, it was nasty. And but we did learn a couple of things. We learned something that I didn't know about.、Um, Was that dragons ha- have a different saving throw rule in the monster manual? So we were uh, uh, one of our one of our listeners told us after the fact, which you know I reviewed the tape. It wouldn't have made a difference because I rolled a two on one of the saving throws, so it, it was、uh, it was a moot point. But we did learn something, so that's、uh, well, we long live the king. I suppose that's right. Well, two well, weeks. That's usually the average lifespan of these monsters. They last two weeks, and、uh, then something gets. So I will name it, and it will be dead. Well, maybe, and 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 someone you know is mentioning here maybe a, a, a Scarlet's、uh, revenge scenario. Maybe you know we could raise a resurrect raise、uh, Scarlet,、right. like an undead, the undead one,、you、an undead、do. dragon, right? Well, that there is undead dragon, but that、uh-huh. comes from Monster Manual too. That's okay. That's that's okay because that's, that's cool. That's at the edge of the.、Uh, That's at the edge of the timeline. Timeline for you. All right, shall we go to、uh, incomprehensible? So, well, let's introduce Carlos because some、oh. people may or may not know. You know we we assume that is so. Carlos, welcome. Good morning,、uh, Carlos. Thank、uh, you very much, guys. Thanks for having me. So Carlos is from Castle Entertainment.、Uh, he's a renowned DM who you met back in GaryCon a few years ago, and he was one of our、uh, key guests at GrogCon this year. And、uh, he also produced,、uh, thanks to our patrons. Um, the official GrogCon、uh, tournament module, convention module, convention module. Excuse me, that that's right.、Yeah. And we have a we have a copy of it here, the porcelain sword of Queen of Sal. That、so、looks that, familiar. That does look、yes. familiar. So,、um, which will be available、um, if you're a patron, and also Carlos will have it on his website because we had had some folks say, "Hey, when can we get?" It? I said,、um, "You know, Carlos takes this stuff very seriously, so he's still, I guess, your production." And maybe you can explain that process real quick of how you, how you do that. Yeah, absolutely.、Uh, you're talking about the、um, well. First of all, what I do is I have a、uh, a concept in mind, and I go ahead and I I throw out the I write all the、uh, the text for the module. Usually, I, what I I I start doing the introduction to it, and then I do encounters.、Uh, I kind of use a Jim Ward philosophy that he taught me at one point in time, which is、um, Jim obviously the 
creator of Metamorph Self, uh, books like uh, Greyhawk Adventures and things like that, real OG of the game, he taught me that uh, one of the first things you always start with is random monster encounters. Yeah. And when you do that, when you do that, you kind of uh, get the idea for what the ecology, what the uh, of the dungeon is going to be. Uh, I do a little bit differently than that, but that is one of my first steps as well. But one way or another, what I end up doing is uh, I'll be commissioning art while I do that for modules so that it can be in production um, as I'm actually writing the module. We go to uh, to printing at that point. I use a uh, a printing uh, printing house to do that. And um, then I go just distribute through either my patron, through uh, my own uh, my own bad self at, my, at conventions, or uh, through Facebook. But re- soon we're going to be, and in fact, probably here at the beginning of next month, we're going to be releasing uh, uh, CastleEntertainment.com. Oh, wonderful. Which is going to be where everything is going to be available to everyone. So if you guys are interested in uh, in seeing our stuff and buying it, uh, CastleEntertainment.com is the way to go. And I do recall your modules on DriveThruRPG. Is that correct? As well, they were on Drive Through RPG. The oh. old generation of the modules are on Drive Through RPG. They're about to be discontinued because, quite frankly, I wasn't very happy with the uh, print quality on Drive Through RPG. Okay, um, and uh, my new uh, my new distributor and fulfiller is actually much much higher quality. Okay, great. And I'm I'm really uh, committed to bringing a better product with every iteration of every module I create. Um, for example, what you guys see in um, in Ashal is probably the highest production values I have at this point. Yeah. Uh, but every, as I go forward, my patron is really what fuels the and uh, the the sale of the books is what fuels my ability to make better and better products. So you'll be seeing interior art as I get the patron bigger. You'll see rear cover art. You know, you'll see all kinds of cra- crazy stuff like that. So yeah, I hope to, I hope that uh, pretty soon we can really start kicking it into high gear like that. Well, if if Again, what we saw was really amazing. Um, and, and just can you pull that over again there, Dan? Just real quick. I mean, there's, there is a back cover art. We have it on the, the – we have a cardboard holding it together. But this is, this is a substantial adventure. It's not like five pages. This is, this is larger than Keep of the Borderlands, which is, again, a massive it's, – it's a great work, uh, full of detail and flavor. We played it at GrogCon. Um, but so you take – just kind of clarify – uh, you you write it. You have a concept. You put it together. Then you do play testing, and you do. I do. I how, do. How many how many rounds of play testing do you do? You do to you feel like okay, I have enough so that I can make the revisions. Well, before I go any further with this, I want to shout out to one of your viewers out there, uh, Grenda Wolf, who is watching right now. Is actually Gatana Lafavi, who is thanked in the module personally. He's the one who won the right in the contest right. to name the module. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Gitano. Without your influence on the title, I would have never come up with the concept of the module. Right. It would it definitely wouldn't have been the product that was is now, and it would have met with the success it did down at GrogCon. I felt like it was. I felt like it, it met with pretty good success, guys. Oh my goodness! Oh, huge, huge. Absolutely. Everyone loved it. Was it was super fun. Great oh, thanks, sir. But anyway, going back to what you were saying about playtesting. Um, what I do is I do an internal play test here at Castle Entertainment headquarters, as it were, right back here. And then I will take it out into the wild to a convention, at which point it will receive anywhere between one and four play tests uh, before it actually is released into the wild. 
Fantastic. Uh, I like to do that yeah. because the first iteration of the books, if you were to open up your book, you'd notice that there's no printing number in the inside of it. Gotcha. Every Castle Entertainment printing book has, like, for example, what's its the next iteration of Ashala will have all the playtesters written inside. It's already been done, by the way. As a matter of fact, it's already up to the printer. Um, and uh, it'll say first printing on the inside of it. So uh, anybody who happens to have the copy that you have, is a, it's actually a collector's item. Yeah. Yeah, and we're going to give this copy away off uh, on Twitter um, because... You just uh, said it's a collector's item. And that's why we're wow. giving it away. Oh, that's you know, awesome. You got it backwards. No, I want to give the good. I want to give the collectors item. I'll, I I'll, I'll, th that to me is, know. you know, part of the. Uh, and so um, we want our patrons are going to get PDF versions. I think you should uh, give yours away too. Now that you're a, a, a Twitter person. One, two, three. It's a yes. No, Four, five, gonna, six. It's a no. no. It's a no. I'm keeping it. That's now. right. You're keeping Fine. it. I got gotcha. you. Now we will get it. All right. I think you guys know a guy that might be able to get you guys uh, another copy. Another guy. Yeah. You know a guy who knows a guy. I know a guy who knows a guy. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so we uh, shift to, uh, and, and, and before we, uh, after Incomprehensible Death, we uh, do want to talk to Carlos a little bit because Carlos has some exciting news about a, a special guest, so we want to make sure that we uh, talk about that. Okay, uh, before, thanks so much. Before he leaves, so that uh, maybe we'll save that to after Incomprehensible Death as keep people uh, in anticipation. Yeah, I was, I was, I had, you know, after GrogCon, I had a, a convention and work, so my Twitter maintenance has been down a little bit, and, and, my dear friend in in uh, Japan, Menyon, was saying our our sound is not a hundred percent. So I've got some got some housekeeping to do here now that we're back without the travels are over. So mm -hmm. it's going to be nice to do that. So uh, we've asked uh, we have asked Carlos to do uh, to work with us because this is our Halloween special to do an incomprehensible death. So um, uh, Carlos, take it away oh, if you want us to introduce our characters. I think we should because first of all. I think, first of all, I'm honored to be the incomprehensible death guy. I, I think uh, I, I'm getting a reputation for uh, for being uh, incomprehensibly uh, deadly at yeah. uh, shows, and my modules are incomprehensibly <laughs> difficult. Right, people. Are, I'm getting that. I'm getting that uh, that reputation. I see. People are running from you. You're you're at a con and. People I don't flee. know. I mean, I, I'm still selling out, fortunately. But uh, yeah. guys, don't be don't be scared. I'm. Uh, I'm. I only killed three. Three, four players in one shot yeah. during James' game. I yeah. think. Don't fear the Reaper. That's the kind of thing you can't <laughs> see the my uh, Halloween theme thing. It looks like a, a undead dungeon master with Indeed. a bunch of skulls there. So citizens of Greyhawk, on your feet or on your knees. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, so I look. I, I I stayed up late last night, putting a lot of effort into these characters. You so did. I think it's only and fair. they're great. Thank they're you, great. sir. And I do have one. There is something on there that stood out to me that I just got to know the answer to after you introduce them. Okay, so we're we're brothers. Yes. So who are you? You, Jenny's gonna go first. You're 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 my younger brother. Yes, I. Well, I'm boring sermons. Uh, let me speak to you about the great deity. Wow. Luthic. Gosh, what's your charisma? Ah, uh, six. Well, surely you have better, that's some other good stats, probably. No. <laughs> not Are you really. strong? No? No, actually, this is pretty representative <laughs> of my own stats in life. This is very depressing now that I look it over. Uh, what? I randomly rolled. Six, six, nine, three. Did you randomly roll the magic item too, Dan? No. I don't. Okay. <laughs> I picked him. I picked him. And so, well, you have a magic weapon, don't you? 
Yes. What's your magic weapon? Uh, it's very powerful. Yes. Yeah. I. I. It's so good that I don't even have to hit them. I just wave it mm. around. And, yeah. And but then I get tired. I think I'm just too weak to use it. That's. I don't think it's anything wrong with the weapon. Yeah. Well. Yeah, it might be cursed. It's, oh, is that what that means? Yeah, minus I thought one. It was, mace. I thought it was cursed. No, no, no. You have a minus cursed one. Cursed is like a holy cursed. thing. Oh. Right. Oh. So, yeah, you're not. That's, and how many hit points do you have? What's your AC? Uh, well, it's 10. That sounds good. Like 1 yeah, to 10? Yeah, it is. You know, like it an is. amplifier, you turn yes. it to 10? Yes, minus Because you're high dex. And how many hit points do you have? <laughs> I, hey, I have nine. I'm sure that's more than I have in real life. All right, so that's the character I made for you. Yes. I'm Pious Faithkeeper. I'm lawful good. I'm the older brother. I have a strength of 18, an intelligence of 18, a wisdom of 18, a dex of only 15, a con of only 17, a charisma of 18, I'm AC3, I have 23 hit points, and I have a plus 2 mace, and I have uh, two potions of healing. And that was uh, randomly rolled too, right? Absolutely. All right. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I randomly rolled to see who would get which character, and I just happened right. to get this one. That's All fantastic. Right. Uh, Thank you. Uh, All right. So did I get to pick this? I don't remember. Did you just hand this I to me? I randomly rolled. Yes. I think I Okay. <laughs> okay. I said I randomly rolled, and I got this one. Okay. All right. Born in your half-orc. I see that. You're my younger brother. An orc snuck into our mom's bed. Hey, Papa, was a, Papa was a rolling stone. Mm-hmm. Don't and, worry. You have another level well, of cleric ability left in you. There's another issue with this. It should be 6,8. That's true to orcs. Or other half orcs. I'm average then. So if there's an happens to be an orc in this scenario, please, yeah. Carlos, my keep reaction, in mind it's an eight. That's right. My reaction roll may be better. It's, it's not. It's, it's not negative. I got, all, I got it all covered. Okay. It might be zero. Okay. It's not negative. All okay. Very good. So all right. So yeah. So we're two brothers. We're both holy men. That's right. Well, you're half a holy man. You're half orc. You're half. Well, you're all right. And we're, yeah, we're out. Uh, where are we? Uh, we'll, we'll hand it well, over to you before now. Before we go any further, there's one part about yeah. your character sheets I would like to address. Okay. Could you please tell your audience what gods you represent? Mm, sure. Yes, I, rep- yes I, I, I worship Athena, goddess of wisdom and combat. I, worship, I am a servant of Luthic. Isn't she the god, mother goddess? The claw The long nails? Yeah, she's the Where's mother. Here, she's, have? Yeah. she's the mother goddess. How in the hell did that happen? Athena and Luthic? How did that happen? I know. It, because born in sermons is an embarrassment to the family. It's different, half work, it's an embarrassment. I agree <laughs> with you, Carlos. Thank you. I have no idea. How did that happen? What the heck happened? I, I'm the love, love child of a perfect love that you can't understand. Yeah. I'm more concerned about the family. Athena's wisdom, not very, being very wise when you're against our family. You're role-playing it. I am. Yeah, I agree with you, Carl. I should be more boorish. Thank you. Um, instead of just... I should also mention, by the way, James was one of the... He actually was one of the guys that stole the show at GrogCon during my game, uh, during the first session of uh, Ashala. The way you played your character was fantastic, especially the way you played off of your uh, your sister. That's right. In that scenario, was awesome. As opposed to me, when I played the sister, and at some point Carlos asked what my alignment was. <laughs> yeah, I had to ask what his alignment was. I said, well, I felt it. I it felt, wasn't really a question as much as it was a reminder. <laughs> no, I, I understood. I understood it was a rhetorical. I, I got it. Well, it was, um, you know, because what happens sometimes is, well, at least for me, I think for most people, is when you're starting to play, you get into I want to win. And there was like a difficult thing. And I'm like, well, let's send in the locals. 
That's right. Let them te- let them test it out because you know that seemed like good strategy, but it didn't seem very lawful. The day. bulwark of the meek himself sending in the, the right. locals. Yeah, yeah. that's that's nice. backstory. Delete. Right, Paladin. I didn't read Paladin. You're Maybe no longer Paladin. Paladin is not what it's not what it used to be. You're not a cleric. You're All cleric. right. All right. Well, brother. Well, brother. Yes. Brother. All right, gentlemen. We'll begin the story. Um, for those of you who actually watched my uh, my Twitch show, um, it takes place uh, the the campaign that I have going on right now takes place in the country of Radic, and I've decided that's where I'm going to place you guys. And in fact, I'm going to put you in the titular uh, settlement in Radic. Uh, which is called Kevrick's Cove, which is on the coast of Raddick. Um, it's a seaside town. It used to, it was founded by pirates hundreds of years ago. Um, the pirate who founded it built a little wall around the city. And uh, he, when he came back from one of his excursions with his crew, he found out that a bunch of locals had settled at the foot of the, of the, um, at the foot of this wall because they wanted protection. Well, the pirate started charging him tax and started to realize to himself, hey, you know what? Rather than going out at sea and being chased by corsairs and being attacked by sea monsters, getting taxed is a pretty nice way to make a safe living. So that's where he retired. Kevrick's Cove is now a sleepy town. Uh, there's a lot of rumors about the town's uh, history about buried treasure and ghosts and things like that of the of the victims of the pirates and nefarious misdeeds that have happened within the in the town. Uh, and in fact. Pursuing one of these legends is why your characters are here today. Your two characters are here because um, you've been called actually by a man named Albus Ryder. Albus Ryder is the grave digger at Kevrick's Cove. The graveyard is probably about a, a quarter mile away from the city walls itself. It's up on a small hill. Uh, it's got a wrought iron fence around it. There's only one large mausoleum in there which belongs to Henry Kavrick's family the rest of them are small graves and uh he tells you he's told you he sent for you from your various uh he sent out a call for basic for holy men basically and uh you two are the ones that arrived sent by your various superiors within the church your churches because you were locals uh and albus has told you that um want to let you know that their current um cleric within the town, who's a cleric of Palor, God Palor, uh, has gone missing. Uh, he was last seen up on the hill at the graveyard. Now, when you've arrived at Cavers Cove, it's in the middle of the night. Okay, uh, It's kind of a cool autumn night. Uh, there's a little bit of mist on the ground. The moons are Great. The Orth has two moons, and they're both peeking slightly through the clouds. Uh, gossamer moonlight spreading all across the land. Uh, very eerie kind of nights. Kind of night that people lock themselves in their houses within Cambridge Cove because of all the rumors. But uh, Albus su- suspects that's, that whatever has happened to him has probably come. It's one of the restless dead from inside of the, uh, in the graveyard. And so nighttime is really probably the only time you're going to get to the bottom of the mystery of what's happened to this priest. Um, Albus absolutely refuses to come with you inside the graveyard. He says that, uh, no one's really sure what happened. The priest was, uh, sanctifying the graves and, uh, was polishing up, uh, graves headstones that were, uh, in disrepair. And that's when he disappeared. 
Uh, and now I leave it to you, gentlemen. You can see the uh, small foot-worn path leading up the grassy hill up to the wrought iron fence. Big archway over top of the fence that says Caverick's Cove Cemetery. All the headstones in nice rows along the outsides of the uh, the wrought iron fence. And in the middle, the big, the big uh, uh, mausoleum that's in there. Oh, there, yeah. Uh, there's also you can see some uh, ravens are alight on the uh, on the different uh, along the uh, wrought iron fence. There's somebody put a scarecrow in the back of, of it, but nobody seems really to. They don't seem too afraid of it. What, how will you guys proceed? Now, I and, and nothing's more exciting than watching people pick spells. Right. But we don't have a cleric, so we haven't picked our. Do, can, we, can we go real fast and pick our spells? Sure. Absolutely. Be, All right. Now that you know the scenario, it's probably even better for you to pick spells now. Okay, so, yes. That how many would, do you get? How many first level do you get? Well, what's, I, what's your wisdom? My, my wisdom's 19. No, I'm just kidding. Nine. Uh, uh, don't forget that boring sermons with a wisdom of nine, Carlos. I just want to make sure, because yes. everything needs to be fair here, that he has a 20% chance of spell failure. Yes. Yeah, he does. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, that's thank you, brother, for your wisdom. You're welcome. Yeah, you You're got the so, orc wisdom. So the, helpful. Yeah, you didn't get mom's You're, wisdom. You got your dad's wisdom. He was, oh. he, was a gr he was a great fighter. Yes, and that's why you became a cleric. That's right. That wasn't a smart move, was it, Boren? So uh, I'm going to take... Uh, Protection from good, since I'm neutral. Uh, I will take create, detect good. Create water. I'm going to take detect good, protection from good. Okay. Warren, you're awful. You're what? an embarrassment. Oh, my God. Why do you assume only evil? You're right. Good point. That's true. Well, you worship Luthic. Good could kill us just as you feel better if good Slayed us. Maybe yep. it's a good thing. That's, that's very there. wise. It very is. wise. Thank Warren. you for figuring that you might, out. You might, if this, if Warren survives, you might, you really take into the character. You may want to continue and just play this character, don't you mm -hmm. think? In a regular game. Right. And I'm going to take hold person because, you know, undead, very, very good against that. So I'm going to take hold person. That'll be. That's an excellent move. Oh, that is a good. Yeah. Yes. Our people are. Well, or speak with animals. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> That's my other choice. Oh boy! I'm ready. Hold on, I'm not okay. Let's go. In fact, while he's thinking about it, I'm I walk forward. I like, oh, oh okay. wait, I'm coming. All right. Okay. As you begin to walk forward, Boren, you're walking up the worn path. You pass through the gates. Some of the crows caw a few times and scatter off the uh, off the fence. Mm -hmm. um, the mists are clinging to the grass. It's quiet outside. All you can hear is the wind kind of rolling through across the land. Um, it's just beginning to rain just very slightly. Um, Boren, uh, or, uh, Boren, your brother uh, has, uh, has come up beside you, uh, has rushed up. Uh, what have you picked for the day, for your spells? I have picked uh, remove fear, protection from evil, light, detect evil, silence, 15-foot radius, augury, and fine traps. There'll be, That's perfect. There'll be no healing here. That's right. Who needs it? <laughs> Who needs it? So you just came up to me? Yes, and I grab you. It's raining. Notice that all your clothes are hand-me-downs for me and yes. have a bunch of holes in them. Right. 
Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit cold, but you know what? Well, I'm not cold. Um, yes. you're, you're, you're very used to that, Boren, uh, that kind of whole thing. I mean, uh, quite frankly, you're used to hardship. Your brother, that's one thing he doesn't quite understand is he's lived a life of luxury in your, you know, with you living in his shadow while you take all the brunt mm-hmm. of, uh, of things for him. He doesn't really understand the fact that you've become accustomed to these things. Yes. And, and in fact, I will ask, because uh, it's nighttime. Is there, there, it, it is nighttime. And you mentioned the moons. Both moons, are are they visible at all? Are they providing any illumination? Yeah, they, they peek through the clouds every once in a while, the clouds as they move by. This is a seaside town, so the cloud motion is actually quite rapid past ah. them. So is he able to see, uh, or do we need some illumination? Um, he could see... Um, his his sight is a little bit compromised, but for the most part, he can see pretty well. Uh, okay. You, so, however, can see perfectly well. Yeah, so I, and I sneer at him as he comes up. I see you from a mile away. I hope, s- ho- hope, I, hopefully, your the friends in there will not be so you won't be so visible to them, brother. I smelled you a mile away. Well, I was upwind, so. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> We're brothers. That's what we do. I'm sorry. We're always fighting. Uh, I'm loving it. Go ahead. Keep going. Go play the hell out of it. <laughs> all right. Well, um, okay, so so tell us about the front. We're at the front of the mausoleum. No, we're right we're, front, out, we're actually we're, we're outside the gate. Oh, at the gate. Yeah, you just what you just. Are you paying right attention? I can't barely see. <laughs> Where to put all a right. torch on then, so that whatever's no. in there can see us. Whatever good force that's going to destroy us is in there. Shh. What? You're so, no- <laughs> You're so noisy. All right, what is the, the gate? Does it appear to be locked? No, the gate's wide open. Wide in fact, open. In fact, the gate, you see a, a lock, a padlock on it, and a chain that have been that ha- are hanging there. Ah, okay. Yeah. Someone was trying to get in. Thieves. Yes. Grave robbers. Uh, someone was trying to get in. We should move forward. Have the ranger track. No. We don't, we don't have a ranger. Oh, that's unfortunate. It's just you and me, brother. Okay, let's do it. We're heading in. Yes. Mark- okay, you guys begin to walk in. Yes. Side by side. Decent side point. by side striding. Uh, walking through the gates, the, uh, there's a worn path that leads all the way up to the mausoleum, uh, bracketing on both sides along rows of the uh, headstones. You looked at the uh, left. Various headstones you can see. They're in various states of repair. Some of them are quite ancient, while some of them are relatively new. Um, I'd like both of you to make me a D6 at this point in time. You know what? It's large spiders. Probably. Don't you think? Oh, boy. They're common. I'm gonna, and aggressive. I think I should have a special uh, action. Bore them. to. I should have right. a sermon. Right. Start a sermon. That's going to be my attack. That's like a turn. Right. It, you, you do a sermon. I rolled a four. Exactly. You, you turn people. That's right. I turn everyone. You turn them away. That's right. Stop. Excellent. I rolled a three. Yeah, three. Four and a three. Bear in mind, as a neutral priest of, of Luthic, by the way, uh, your turning ability is not turning undead. You know that, right? Yeah, we've talked about that. What I can, what, harass them, basically? Uh, you could either rebuke them or you could command them, potentially, as oh, well. Okay, there you go. Hmm. Well, if I can command them, uh, what's your movement? Yeah, that's all I have I'm to run say. It. <laughs> In any case, at any rate, uh, what are you guys going to ha- do at this point? Well, I should probably cast whole person on my brother and, and use him as bait, but I'm but I'm not wise enough to do that. So let's let's keep moving up there. You look to the left. Yes, I look to the right. Oh, thank you, brother, for your wisdom. And mm-hmm. I roll. My are you going to circle? You're, so you're going to circle oh. the mausoleum up the sides. 
Yeah. Wait, oh, is that, that sounds, what we're doing? That sounds Off the great. path? Don't leave the path. We're leaving the path? What do you want to do? Pious. Oh, great. Now I'm the wise one? Uh-huh. Not in real life. Actually, there's dro- you're not sure if no, I'm drooling or, 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 or rain is coming. I'm drooling slash rain now, is falling. Let's just walk up to the... I say we just take the path up. Brother, we're, we're going to take the path. The path leads right to the mausoleum, right? This warm path. Yeah. Right? The path leads right to the mausoleum. And we're going to walk straight up to the mausoleum. Uh, I don't want to go off. I'm not going off. It's about it. We're not going off this path. We're not splitting the party. Okay. You walk to the mausoleum. Yes. You get in front of the stone door. There's a stone door there in front of it. Uh, the stone door does not look like it has been disturbed in a very, very long time. You can see a little bit of cracking on it with age. Um, there's script on it in common. Here lies the, 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 here lies the Kavrick family. Uh, Henner, Estella, Corrick, Legia. All these names going all the way down. Different dates on it. It says, uh, it says, uh, as we lived, so we died. As we died, so we lived. Ah. Okay, so I want to investigate what my fine trap spell. How long does it last? And don't I have a... Oh, that's a level You two. don't know how the long wind, your spells work? The wind kicks up slightly in the background. You, you can hear it whistling th- through some of the graveyard, some of the fence. Um, you're casting fine traps. Uh, yeah, so it has a duration of three turns. So oh, that's good. That's yeah. wow. Yeah, I'm you've, fine you've actually seen him do this before, uh, Boren. What happens is uh, your brother's uh, head is suddenly surrounded by this gentle nimbus of light, and his eyes kind of glow briefly. Uh, kind of a glowing helm is upon, like a Greek style helm is upon nice. him, as the wisdom of Athena grants him the ability to see the traps. Um, the door is untrapped. Okay. And just to let you know, that has a, it's three turns, right? So that's 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. Right, cool. So that, all right. So that means my head's continuing to glow? No, 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 no. Not three, not three minutes, 30 minutes. I mean, 30 minutes, right. So, okay. All right. So, um, why don't you try to open that door? You're the strong one. You're a half orc. Uh, okay. What's your strength? Uh, six. (laughs) You got mom's, you got mom's Uh, strength. Yeah, you get to roll, maybe. I don't know. Can he roll for open door? He has a one in six chance. Yeah, he can. Okay. No, no. It's like, it is actually a 1D. Uh, yeah, it's 1D6. I'm sorry. Uh, I push on it. And it so. All right. Out of the way. It's so out of Roll me another D6. Both of us or just me? Yeah, both of you. Oh, one this time. Oh, good for you. I fell down. One! We both got a one! That's it. Both of you, you guys are moving, uh, you see your brother move, pushing on the door, um, and Help both me, of brother. you, as you, it, you you hear the sound of, like, a, a crack, uh. um, and then you realize it wasn't the door itself, so you both spin around behind you for where you heard it, and you see uh, a piece of fallen timber that's broken in half. Oh, uh, that scared me, Pius. But... It wasn't there previously. You're sure of it. Uh, what? What? What good? Let's, what good omens are these? Let's get inside. I'm trying to open this door. Okay, go ahead. Make me a, uh, a six. Say, I rolled a six. You did not do it. But either. we can try this multiple is, times. Yes, this is the adventure. Us trying to open the door. The thing won't budge. Can I try again? Sure. Fine. What? Fine. I need you to roll me both another another d6, please. Open uh, the door. I rolled a four. Open this time. the door. All right. I rolled a five on the 
This is this is first edition. We can't even get into the adventure. You guys are op- trying to push open the door. Push open the door. Uh, the door won't budge at all. But um, you're of the opinion that the reason why it won't open is it's probably it feels like it's barred from the inside. Ah, it's barred. It it mm. feels like it's it feels like there's some kind of reinforcement that it, it, it won't move. Shall we search for secret entrances? Well, yeah, yeah. I'm going to search for secret entrances. I don't know. Are you going to check the entire mausoleum or are you going to check just the door area? Well, I'm going to start with the door area. Yeah, let's start with the door. Both of you rolled me a d6. Uh, three. One. Okay. What are you You're gaming? looking for traps, uh, yes. Boren. Uh, you can't really... Or I should say secret doors. Your brother is kind of pushing at things. Um, neither one of you seems to find anything, though. Should I keep moving? Let's keep. keep Let's mo- look around the mausoleum. That's good. Yeah. You guys, going to go the same way, or are you going to split up? Bro, I I start going to the left. I don't know if he if he's I don't know if he's following me. Uh, are you going to follow him? Hang on. No. Uh, how long? Is, yeah. No. He goes left. I go to the right. Let's split the party. Yeah. He, we're going to split okay. the party because I heard that's good. Yeah. I need you both to roll me a D6. Four. One of us is going to disappear. Hopefully Six. you. Six. Okay. Um, boring, you're going around the left-hand side. That's right. You don't really see anything at all. Uh, you're looking for traps. Uh, secret doors, as you say, you don't see anything. Um, as you go around the other side, however, you're looking over. You see he... Um, See something out of place. Something seems weird to you, but you can't really put your finger on what it is. Out of place on the wall or somewhere else? No, actually in the grounds. Something that just seems weird. Mm. You get that weird sensation that when how when you walk into a room that you've been in before and something's been moved, mm. and you just realize that this doesn't seem quite right. Born, you're uh, walking around the side. Uh, are you going to uh, you're going to meet your brother at the back? I assume. Right. I, I don't see any obvious way in at this point. No, neither one of you sees an obvious way in. So uh, I try to sneak up on him since he's concentrating. Right. Yeah. Okay. Make me a, make me a d uh, a d six. Six. Okay. He is so loud and so boisterous as he walks through. He you could hear him probably from the city. Uh, Pius, Pius, I'm here. Shh. What? Shh. I'm here. Shh. Did you find right. something? Some of the ravens are around the wrought iron <laughs> scattering. Something seems strange, but I can't put my finger I, on it. Actually, Carlos, I was using my my mace and tapping on the ding ding on the on the mausoleum, checking. <laughs> ding ding. Hello, you, hello. Right. You can hear the hollow sound of the mausoleum as you keep hitting yeah, it and um, things like that. As I'm that. going around, I'm hitting the Dang side of it. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's hollow. Oh, thank you. You're welcome, bro. Good work. Oh, uh, okay. I give him well, candy. I give him, a can- <laughs> I give him candy corn. <laughs> candy corn. <laughs> it makes him happy. I do. That does make me happy. Um, uh, I'm going to... Okay, we got to get it. We got to... Gentlemen, get... both roll me another D6, please. When are we going to be making the mausoleum? Three and a four. Three and a four. Three, four. Okay. Sound of the wind is kind of kicking up, and uh, both of you guys are looking at the mausoleum, looking at this, and then you both have this horrid feeling, the sense of terror that grips you. 
like something cold walking up the ladder work of your spine, like spider legs up, crawling up your neck. Something terrifying is is near. Mm. It, it's one of those things that makes all your hair stand on end, and it it's almost it's almost overwhelming. I'm gonna cast protection from evil. I'm gonna cast protection from good. <laughs> okay, you both start to cast. <laughs> well, I have to roll okay. my. Yeah, he may fail. I may fail. Hold on, I twenty percent chance of fail. <laughs> I gotta check if I fail. Yes, I'm six, seventy-five. Is, it, is that a good thing? Yes, it means I. Yep, it's that's a good thing. I success. Okay. You both begin to cast. Roll me a d6. I rolled a six. I rolled a three. Boren, that feeling, that sensation, something about it compels you to turn around. I turn around. When you turn around, it becomes obvious what was out of place. The scarecrow that was in the corner of the graveyard is now standing right behind you seven foot tall long spindly wooden limbs that come out in long finger claws the head of it is a gigantic pumpkin that's been carved with dead eyes and a horrific twisted smile on its face this foxfire light breathes out of it flickering and glowing menacingly as it reaches out towards you. Oh, good. I need both of you two to make me a saving throw. Can I, can I say, because it's pretty dark, right? And I, all I see are these long kind of spindles coming. Yep. I think, he wouldn't be able to see the menacing fingers. He would just be able to see this light. I, I think I'm confused. I think it's a, an avatar of Luthic, so I'm going to pray to, to it. Okay, I need you both to make me a saving throw. Not yeah. embrace it? Well, I may, if I fail, I'm going to embrace it. I, I, the way he's just described, it has long fingernails. Yeah. It's a menacing it's, thing. It's mama. It's mama. I think <laughs> come she's, to mama. she's come to me. So <laughs> I said protect you, you rolled your 10%. Right. Yeah, you were like, part, right? I, I think this is, I, in fact, right. Mama Luthic has come. <laughs> Thank you. I was like, look, brother. He's going to be killed look, his, on his knees. One. A one. <laughs> <laughs> An 18. Uh, you're, a, you're incompetent. Gosh, um, Boren, you got a one on an eighteen. Luthic, it is clear to you that this is this is Luthic. Oh, it, <laughs> praise it's an avatar of Luthic. There's no doubt. And as it looks down at you, you're just fascinated by that fox fire oh, yeah. glow. Yeah, I, I put my hands down and I'm just in reverence to it now. Okay. Meanwhile, you turn around and you see your brother just in shock and awe, looking up at this creature, uh, getting down as these in abeyance, right. what are you going to do? I am going to, oh, what a numbskull. I am going to attack this thing and save once again my bone-headed brother. Hits. Six. Okay, you miss with your mace. You miss clearly over it, right past it. All right. As it, as you reach, as it, you reach out for it like that, um, Boren, you see your brother swing at it with its mace, oh. your, your patron deity. Uh -oh. Right. Yeah. And I, I, it reaches out and attacks him in kind. Oh, it attacks my brother? So yes. You, so you're going to watch. It hits, it hits. I need you to make me a saving throw. Ten. Make me a, does that make it for, for spells for you? It does not. Okay. That's a fail. T take six points of damage. Just a flesh wound. No problem. 
All right, down to 17. Looking at this creature, your eyes just kind of glaze over. Your faces are both kind of covered in the warm glow of the light that comes from the holes cut in its horrific, its mockery of human features. And it reaches down and just touches both of you on the shoulders. The last thing that you're aware of is the priest that it murdered rising up from one of the graves and all of the other holy men in turn coming up out of their graves covered in spiders, their flesh slowly eaten away. That's the last thing you remember before you too join its legions of the former holy men. Oh, I'm now. Now the damned. Ah. What, what a perfect thing for me. I forgot to turn. Luthic, yeah. What? You, who's so wise now? Not me. I wasn't going to turn. I don't no, think, you I, I don't think you can turn a scarecrow, whatever this creature. Your incomprehensible super- deaths, by the way, would come in the, over the next five rounds in the most grisly fashion humanly possible because the scarecrow, the monster that you just fought, has the, the unique ability that when it charms someone... It does not lift the charm when it attacks them. Nice. It could have repeatedly attacked you until you were dead. Can it be turned? It cannot be turned. All it's right. an atop. I'm wise. Yes, you are the wise one. That's why I just, I've, I, I, I feel these pains of blows that it was doing to me was cleansing me so I could be prepared to see Luthic. This yeah. was wonderful. So how, did, so how do we actually die? So what happens? What would have happened after know. that? Is as it would have put its fingers both on your shoulders, it would have reached out and touched your foreheads and then taken its pointy fingers and jammed them right through your eyes and through your mouth. What could you better? Crushing both I'm so, so happy, Luther. like hands. Nice. Gore just rushed down your faces and you fell onto the ground in front of it. Wow, so it was like both at once, like right. one hand on each, it just like puts oh, them both yeah. out, it, that's awesome. Oh, beautiful, I, thank you so, so you're much. you're kneeling there going, Mama, Luthic, and it's just. Yeah, I, I think it couldn't have gone any better for me. Yeah. There is your incomprehensible. Thank you. Thank you, Carlos, thank congrats you, sir. Now, for those of you guys who, you're, you're welcome, you're welcome. Um, I, I created the character that you guys just fought, which is a a scarecrow. It is actually game compliant. I didn't do anything freaky to its abilities. That is actually the, the fiend folios scarecrow. And, uh, I've given it a backstory and I've done a little bit of background work on it. Uh, for Halloween, I've called it, uh, the jack-o'-lantern and for, um, your viewers or for your patrons, wherever you want to give it to on the PDF, on the bottom corner of it, it mentions that it is a grog con Halloween special edition. Wonderful. Um, Feel free to give it out to whoever you want to. Well, we'll put. We'll Thank put, you. We Carlos. will definitely give it out to our patrons and let people know it's available and definitely snip this out. Um, yeah, the, I love my character. So this was perfect. So there's no way in the mausoleum. We weren't supposed no, to get the in mausoleum. the mausoleum. The mausoleum was a ruse. I was just using it to distract you while the scarecrow moved around. And you did. And you did. That was awesome. Thank you very much. I th- I, <laughs> this should be a Luthic uh, temple now. People. I, mm-hmm. In fact, I, I should have been writing prayers thanking Luthic for this so that other Luthic clerics will come here and die horrible deaths right. too. <laughs> right. You're, you're right, Gitano. I have thought about that grisly act a little too much. <laughs> a, a, a pilgrimage. 
To the right. right. A, a, an orc and half orc pilgrimage. If you're not wise enough to figure it out, you deserve your death. So. Yeah, all right, Boren. Man, I blame you, Boren. <laughs> what do you mean? How do you blame me? What do you mean? You're just lucky I didn't get a chance to cast whole person on you because you were attacking my deity. That was the next thing I was going to do. <laughs> I know. I, so, I, so, I, so I guess my uh, belladonna, garlic, and wolfsbane was of no use. Yeah. Thanks, yeah. thanks for coming out. Thanks now, for I knew you guys. I knew you guys would be prepared for Undead, and I knew that I wanted uh, to do something Halloween-y for you guys. So what I wanted to do was do it just a little bit different for Halloween and make it something that I knew your, maybe your viewers had never seen before. It's kind of an obscure monster, and even in the Fiend Folio, I've never seen anybody use it before. Yeah. However... It's extremely dangerous because not only can it charm with a gaze attack, every time it hits you, it has the ability to charm you. Wow. wow. And on wow. top of that, when it, when it hits you, it doesn't remove the charm unlike normal attacks do. So literally, once you're once it has multiple chances to charm you each round, and once it does, you're done. Yeah, that's pretty nasty. And we should see Yeah, that's a five hit die monster that is just sickeningly difficult to fight. We should have seen a Fiend Folio monster coming. Mm -hmm. I right. should have seen that with Carlos Lyson. Right. It's going to be a Fiend Folio monster. We, and we course. love it. Yeah. All right. Yep. You got us. You got us. That was definitely <laughs> Thank an you. Oh, you guys can guess. You guys can always guess. You're going to see me. If you're going to do a Castle Entertainment module or anything like that, there will be at least one Fiend Folio monster in there and probably more than that. And at least one monster manual too. That's like the teacher telling you before the test. You know, there will be at least one question out of chapter is, three or whatever. Well, again, you got to remember, when I've designed modules, I started Castle Entertainment as it was modules for conventions, for convention play. And I was going to GaryCon, and I was realizing, hey, man, I'm looking around my table. I'm like, I've got six expert-level players here. They've seen all the tricks before. Right. They, they know all the rules. I've got to really dig deep to surprise these guys. So that's why I dig deep into those bags of tricks like that, too, because I found out that they're really not prepared for those kind of monsters. Right. Absolutely. Sure. Well, let's know. Carlos, uh, you've got some exciting news. Yes. Because I know I you do. I do. So check this out. Um, a lot of you guys know that I've kind of been inspired by uh, podcasts like yourselves. And my friend, my good friend, Jay Scott, does one called uh, Lord Gavin's Peak. OK. Um, every uh, every last Monday of the month. I do what I call castle talk because uh, a lot of my stuff is based around Greyhawk. Castle Hawk is sort of my pigeon version of that for uh, when I have to write Greyhawk stuff and I have to file the numbers off to respect IP. Well, I do castle talk. Uh, my first um, castle talk was a great success. I had my good friend, uh, Alan Groey on there. He's one of the most knowledgeable guys you'll ever meet about Greyhawk. Um, he's done a lot of expansion work on Castle Greyhawk, a lot of Lost Caverns of Socanth work, which is my favorite module of all time. Wow, okay. And he's just uh, he's just a wonderful guy. So I had him on there. We talked about demons and Igualiv a lot uh, for for October in keeping with my theme of the month. Well, I've been able to leverage um, some of my contacts uh, through the industry a bit, and I've got some really really exciting guests coming up in the next couple months. I'm starting it off this month, which comes this Monday uh, at 8 o'clock p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. I'm going to have Jim Ward oh, as my guest. Oh, wow. Okay, Fantastic. yeah. For those of you guys out there who don't know who Jim Ward is, 
Um, shame on you, first of all. Right. But Jim was <laughs> one of the original players in uh, Gary Gygax's Greyhawk uh, campaign. He actually wrote the very first science fiction game ever, which was Metamorphosis Alpha. He is the one who created uh, the Spellfire collectible card game. He's the one who, uh, he did a lot of work on Gamble World, and he's also notable for uh, being writing the Greyhawk Adventures hardcover. Hmm. But Jim, if you know him best, uh, if you know him, is probably best known for Deities and Demigods, writing that book, which is one of the originals there. Um, that is uh, attributed to both him and Rob Kuntz. Um, he is uh, one of the true gentlemen of the hobby. He's uh, been, been around forever. I mean, one of the Circle of Eight for Greyhawk is named after him, Draw Mish. Mm-hmm. So um, it is my very great honor to have him as a guest. Um, I'm very excited to ask him about stuff about the world of Greyhawk, about his background in gaming. Um, a lot of things, misconceptions about the world of Greyhawk and uh, some of his particular um, uh, contributions to the, to the gaming world. For example... Uh, a lot of people know this, but the uh, world of the uh, the Deities and Demigods book that you just held up, there's two very distinct editions of it. Right. One contained uh, Manibian and uh, the uh, Cthulhu mythos in there, um, which were later removed uh, after Chaosium and the Moorcock estate uh, complained to um, the TSR industries about that. Well, um, a lot of people have put laid that at Jim's feet. Oh, really? And Jim... Jim has subsequently um, he's made no bones about what the truth of the matter is about how that all broke out. And uh, that's one of the things I really I want him to be able to tell everybody out there, tell them tell the story about how that all happened. For those of you out there who are uh, who know a lot about the, you know, the background of gaming, I'm sure some of you know all this, but it'll be a treat for you to hear it from his lips. I'm yeah, sure. Absolutely. Uh, and some of his insights. I mean, this is a this is a really uh, this is one of our, our our. He's kind of a living legend, after a fashion. I mean, he's one of the few of the originals left that we have, and I couldn't be more pleased to count him among my to count him as my second guest. Wonderful. Yeah. So you'll if you send us the uh, Twitch uh, link, we'll, well we'll obviously put it on our site. We'll uh, tweet it out because uh, I, I know a oh, lot I of people, a lot of people really want to see that. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm super excited by it. Like I said, I mean, he's just a uh, uh, having having spoken to him many times over at uh, Gary Con and things like that. Uh, he is um, a friend, and I uh, I'm very I, I could be more pleased to have him with us. That's awesome. That's a great. That's great to hear that because to your point, um, not everyone knows the history of that, and the, and hearing it from "quote unquote" the horse's mouth is always is always a great thing. So that's that we'll be looking forward. That's this Monday, eight p.m. So hopefully we'll. And what's great about Twitch is you can go back and watch you uh, the previous ones. You can watch it live, which is obviously optimal. Uh, but you mm-hmm. can go back if you go on a Twitch client, if if the provider. Right. And we also Castle Entertainment also much like you guys, we mirror our show on uh, YouTube as well through the Castle Entertainment channel. So that's something you could do if you're if you miss the show. Or, or you just want to tell your friends about it, and maybe it's been a long time since you saw it, and Twitch has removed it now. Uh, you guys can go ahead and look at it through YouTube; it'll be there in perpetuity, and um, yeah, it'll be it'll be really cool. Okay, I, I'm hoping I, I'm hoping I can I, I'm hoping I can match his uh, match uh, what he brings to the table, even even a fraction. 
But yeah, to your point, Jim, James, what you were saying, uh, it's very, I think there's something very salient in that is that um, I can go back to a little bit with my background with another of uh, the original creators, and that was Darlene Pakul, which many of you might know yeah. from the art in uh, the original books and uh, creating the, uh, the uh, World of Greyhawk map. I'm working on a particular special project for the World of Greyhawk right now, and I decided it would be very cool for Darlene to do my map. So I reached mm-hmm. out to her. I kind of I kind of uh, tracked her down. It wasn't easy. I tracked her down and uh, reached out to her, and I got to find out that she thought that nobody cared anymore. Mm. She thought that everybody had forgotten her, that she, um, you know, that she was she was shocked that anybody remembered her. Or, this is not unusual i have found a lot of these original creators that are responsible for the hobby we love that brought so much joy to our lives a lot of them don't really understand exactly i mean we celebrate gary and that's great we celebrate dave arneson some of us do it's wonderful they should be but don't forget there's a lot of other people out there that brought you know this stuff to her some of them are dead like don k and dave arneson but some of them are still around i mean people like Jim Ward, Rob Kuntz, they're still around. I mean, they're they're people that we really need to re- remind, I think, exactly how much gratitude we have to them for, for what they brought to our lives. Absolutely. Uh, no doubt about it. And, and we found that people are like, th- that was a time of their lives. In some ways, that was kind of like our story. We did it for a while, and then we kind of moved on. And um, except, you know, we started coming back to it, and I think a lot of people have done that. Uh, but we've we've reached out to people and, and they're like, oh, we I haven't thought about it in thirty years. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think this is great that people can realize that some of their works that they did uh, are still resonating this time because you know it is part of the tradition. A and it's it's thank goodness we're having a resurgence, renaissance of role playing and D and D in particular. But it, it wouldn't happen if there's if this collective group of people from back in the day didn't didn't start this. So it's great to not just honor them, but um, appreciate them so that, you know, maybe this will re-energize them if they haven't thought about to do some more work, you know, because... Exactly. Uh, that's like, for example, Darlene, Darlene ended up doing the calligraphy on my map, and we're, we're really good friends. I got her to go to Gary Khan. Uh, we got her up there, and uh, she got to reconnect with her family that she hadn't seen in a long time. Wow. Got to see old friends and things like that, and uh, she's back in the game. I mean, now she's, she's doing work again and that's that just gladdens my heart more than you can imagine jim ward is doing still doing relevant work right now he's going to be talking about it on my show you know these creators are still doing stuff out there so i mean it's and it, and for people like you and my you guys and myself i mean we're old fools from the old school we do these first you know the first edition thing right and um you know i if anybody should really be doing this kind of thing, it's us. Absolutely, absolutely, without uh, a doubt. Can I, I Carlos, I'm ask you a real quick question. I'm gonna, of course. I, 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 it's a dangerous question to ask because I know we're probably short on time. I'm gonna ask you a Greyhawk question, and I of know course. that you can talk for a long time. And for someone who wants to I'll buy- be, I'll be succinct. <laughs> 1980 versus 1983 version, does it matter, right? So isn't there- Yes, an, it matters immensely. Okay, matters what's, what's immensely. The, if you could inform me of the difference, I'd appreciate not that. Only are there, not only are there entries that have been expanded but there's a lot of data that has changed if you compare the two documents back and forth from one another uh it doesn't really change so much for the maps that are included in inside of there but actually the text that's inside of there matters a lot not to mention that when you're talking about the 83 box set you're talking gods 
in there. You're talking, you know, a lot of a lot of more details have gone on. You've got two different versions of the of the gods, one for DMs and one's for players. You know, so there's a lot of different it's more bigger better. Okay, so you would recommend, unless of course you were doing it for the collection purposes or the nostalgia, you would recommend 1983. I have both. I have both sitting up okay. here behind me. As a, as a creator myself that goes back and references these books all the time, I almost I very rarely find myself referencing the folio. I reference the, on the other hand, I reference the gold box a lot. What, what's the gold box? The gold box is what I was referring to about the 83 version, which is, okay, just a little quick history lesson. This is the first document you're talking about. This is the folio, the 1980 folio. Okay. You'll notice it's done in a loosely loosely bound kind of document. That's what I remember. That's what I have. Yeah, I that's inside, what I remember. From inside of the book, you have this book right over here, World of Greyhawk. It's very small. Uh, page counts 32 pages on it, most of which, if you look in the back, also are runes and things, okay? So really interior-wise, there's probably about eh, 28 usable pages, all right? Now, we'll compare and contrast that to the gold box, which is right here. This okay. is the box, all right? Got it. Inside the gold box, you've got not one, but two full 64-page books. Oh. So. Gotcha. Without, without overbearing the point, without overburdening the point, there's a lot, lot more material in that gold box than there is in the 80 folio. Now there's a lot of people who do prefer the 80 folio because it was what they were used to. And it gives, gave them their first real look at the world of Greyhawk. It's got a nostalgia thing to it. And it's got, you know, it's, it's the, if it's the first document you use, it's always the one you go back to. Right. So I can understand that, but by the same token, uh, I think the 83 box is a lot more, um, a lot more robust. Got it. Very All good. right. Well, very helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, cars. And there's also this tiny one too. Look this at that. Oh, really? I've never seen traveling version. Wow. I've never yeah, seen. Look that. at my size of my hand. That's yeah. probably. Yeah. yeah. And believe like it or not, this thing is actually completely usable with full maps. Wow. Where can you get that? This was done by an Italian company in the uh, like in the mid '80s. Oh, okay. uh, so probably... And they reprinted. And they did everything. I have a. Wow, they have, yeah. I have a Greyhawk Adventures hardback that is done just like that, which is right over here. Okay. We need to do a shelfie of Carlos's thing at some point. Now, Carlos, is, my, is it correct to understand that you're a Greyhawk enthusiast? That's right. You might say that. You might say I'm a Greyhawk enthusiast. I'm, I'm a huge collector, too. I've got just about everything that's ever been released for the setting, including you know rare stuff like the Wizards of Coast get a bunch of promo stuff in the late 2000s like a miracle's fist you remember a miracle the chaotic from uh oh, we talked yes we talked about it last week that's yeah, it's we, a big, we were at the it's green a giant dice that has a, a list of all the of all these special chaos mage effects and they did these dice that have like ola damara's holy symbol on them was god oh so you i'm a huge, such a huge greyhawk fan that i had to have i i collect all the strange weird awesome stuff like that last episode we were at the green griffin isn't that outside where is is that green dragon i think you're referring oh, to the green dragon where where miracle or whoever it is is uh 
It says on the page in the DMG. Yeah. Okay, never mind. I thought you were talking about the world of Greyhawk. I was going to say that's the Grey Dragon is probably what you're referring to. Was that the magic user though that he was referring to? That's yeah. the one in the picture. It is. Yeah. It is a mural called the Chaotic. We 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 took this picture, which is uh, that's where, that's where we were. That's right. So now, it's, it says now, the Green I'll Griffin outside. I'll give you both outside. a trivia question. I'll oh, give you both a I'm trivia never question. Miracle the Chaotic statistics were actually released in what module? See, we needed him. We were asking this question last episode. Well, right? being that I'm going to say uh, Greyhawk Adventures, that would be the only guess I would have. Um, being that I know the, that was the only Greyhawk module I can get off the top I of my head. I can't. A bone hell. <laughs> no, it's, it's negative. It would be actually a paladin in hell. Oh, is wow. Is. He is actually the driving force that sends the party after the city that has been taken into the into hell okay. by yeah he didn't send gnomes to do the bit he did not no. send gnomes to hell that was a mistake that was a mistake because they're <laughs> all right gnomes are a mistake okay. and Carlos, it, you, that, that module is actually worth getting just for miracle the chaotic because the background his whole his tower the way it's described is pretty badass okay. paladin hell. and carlos that's very good suggestion you are at game hole Right, Gamehole Con. I am a so, okay, I know your games. I think I your games are all sold out, but uh, if you're going to Gamehole Con, take a look. Maybe uh, there'll be an opening. If not only that, just reach out to me. You know, I'm playing a bunch of games that are unscheduled as well, some pickups and things like that. I'm more than happy to bring people in there, you know, people I don't know or, or, or old friends or so, or just fans of your show. You mentioned that you're fans of the show. I'm more than welcome to. If you guys are fans of this show, you're, I'm a fan awesome. of yours. So. That's great. Yeah, he'll kill your character. A little incomprehensible right. death segment, right. like as you know. He does that. He sessions. does that between sessions. That's yeah, right. he's like he needs like two minutes. Yeah, come come for the come for the main session. You'll stay for the incomprehensible right. death. That's, right. that's good. Well, Carlos, I appreciate you taking your morning and spending some time with us on this uh, Halloween special. Uh, we look. It's no problem, guys. Thanks we for look forward Mark. to seeing you with Jim on Monday on Twitch at eight p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? And. Uh, it'll be mm -hmm. it, the the follow up will be on YouTube and um, is it Castle Entertainment is your handle on Twitch or it is it's my Castle Entertainment I, I posted a link to that and I will also post a link to the uh, YouTube channel as well can't thanks for having All right. me again Happy Cast Halloween we'll talk to you later thank you so much Happy Halloween guys All right, bye bye, All right, bye. Thanks, Carlos. Bye now. that was great thanks that's really cool that he. Uh, that was great, the scarecrow. That was perfect. Oh uh, yeah, that was the, perfect. You can't, you can't beat, you can't beat incomprehensible death. You cannot, by definition. All right. So we have invited a second guest because you, you were just up in your game here. You're like, we're, we're putting decorations up, we're talking undead, and we have a, a good friend of ours who I'm going to get set up in just a second. Why don't you introduce him while I try to get sure. This, so this. Yeah, this is Nick Monito, and uh, he, um, he loves old school. D&D. He's a big collector, too. He collects a lot of uh, old-school materials, and he also does reviews. He's done online reviews of different modules. Uh, he loves old modules. He loves reading them. And so I asked him if he would be willing to come on the show and do a review of several modules that one would associate with Halloween, including Teagle Manor. Okay. Right? Classic Judges Guild Haunted House module. And also, from Judges Guild at the same time, came out the house. Oh, these cobwebs. Am I going to be attacked by a spider? You're going to be attacked by cobwebs. House on Hangman's Hill, which also is a Judges Guild module. And, of course, the, uh, the famous, right, one with, uh, from uh, TSR, of course, Ravenlaw. Hey, Nick, how are you? Good. How are you guys doing? We're All good. Right. Um, 
Glad you. Sorry about the Skype issues. Can you hear us? Yep, I can hear you. That's okay. It's the first time I've tried to use it, so uh, I'll try and see what uh, what was acting up. Yeah, no worries. Can you uh, just make sure you mute your YouTube, so because you're talking to us now. Yep, just got that down. All right, great. So uh, Dan had introduced you, and we were talking about some. Uh, you've uh, wanted to review some of these modules for us and talk about them. So. Um, why don't you briefly introduce yourself and how long you've been playing and what got you in the hobby and what you're doing now? Okay, uh, my name is Nick Manito. I've been playing since close to the beginning of D&D itself. I got started in the late 1970s, played the uh, early boxed versions, then got into first edition AD&D, and I played that pretty much through the whole time it ran. Um, I kind of missed uh, second edition for the most part. Played third a little bit with a group of friends at the time. Um, then had another uh, gap where there wasn't really anyone around. And a uh, handful of years ago, when I uh, met Dan through the meetup, is when I started getting active playing again. Nice. Yeah, Nick was one. Uh, Nick was there from the beginning of the meetup group, so uh, from the Borderlands game, very first game. So, and so, and Nick, you've done reviews, right? Online reviews of modules, correct? I know you've done the Caverns of Thracia, I believe. Yes, um, I've been uh, writing reviews off and on for the uh, the blog that goes with the Reborn uh, TSR site. Okay. Fantastic. So you send us the link to that, and we'll make sure we put that in the show notes if uh, text it to us when you get a chance. Not You don't have to do it. Now. Okay, will do. That would be great. So okay, so, yeah, so, so Nick, so we asked you to, if you could do a review of some of the modules that one might associate with Halloween. And so uh, I, I don't know which ones you're prepared to talk about. I, I threw out the possibility of, of course, Ravenloft, Teagle Manor, and then a, a lesser-known one from Judges Guild, the house on Hangman's Hill. So um, I'll hand it over to you. Okay. Um, I did make notes on a couple of them, so uh, I guess I can start with uh, House on Hangman's Hill, the one you sent me. And I love, and I think at the beginning, I think it says where he had thought it was the only haunted house adventure, and he didn't realize that Teagle Manor, That's I right. guess, had come out. Right, at, at the VA. So, so what are your thoughts on House on Hangman's Hill by Judges Guild, uh, 1981? 1981. I thought this was this was a very good one. Um, as you say, it it happens that the company did also produce Teagle Manor, but uh, really outside of those, um, the haunted house idea is one thing that really wasn't represented early in the game. Obviously, you had a lot of your uh, your basic dungeon crawls and your let's go play in the city and let's go play in the wilderness and things like that. But uh, the, the haunted house idea in the early days, you didn't really see a lot of uh, published materials on that. Right. I, I mean, and to me, I'm the, I was not as familiar with Judges Guild or a lot of, you know, if it wasn't a TSR product, you know, just the local game store we had. I don't know why I, uh, we did get Dragon Magazine, but we kind of ignored a lot of the ads in the back. It just seems such a hassle to mail. We were very distrustful back sure. in the day and sending a check for whatever. So really the first kind of sort of haunted house was uh, the secret of um, 
uh, Saltmarsh, the Sinister Sequel. Oh, yeah, we didn't even th- I didn't even think about that one, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah from TSR, that was that was the first of them getting in on the idea. And, and that was a UK one, uh, and, and that was around that time frame. So you're right, it was a number of years, at least um, you know, from the origins of 74, for some of these modules to really come together. And I'm curious why, is that because, at least in your mind, do you think it was that the kind of murder mystery was really not, um, something that people wanted to do or it was just not really thought of? What's your thoughts on that? I think it might have come through the the way the game developed. Um, uh, D&D started as an offshoot of the uh, tabletop wargaming. Right. The, the folks who played uh, the, the miniatures of army battles and things like that. Then D&D was kind of a scaled down version where you would play individuals instead of large groups but the idea of what you were doing in the adventures was still close to the same thing gotcha most of the influences you uh you always figure came from uh tolkien and lord of the rings and uh you know numerous other uh fantasy authors so uh like i was saying in the beginning you you have a lot of people thinking about getting in the dungeons and a lot of people thinking about wandering in the wilderness but uh there really wasn't as much thought given in the beginning i don't think to other sorts of situations okay so what's what's the highlight of um you know house on hangman's hill from your perspective well, I, I found it was interesting. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, he points out in the, in the early notes is that uh, it's the kind of thing, it, the, the setup, uh, the way it says, is suggested for lower level characters than you might think for something like this and gives the advice that uh, it really shouldn't be played as just a go in and hack and slay kind of thing that there's uh an element of strategy and problem solving there that if you approach uh, a few of the encounters the right way you can get past them without getting into some kind of really nasty fight that's just going to kill you all off gotcha uh now and what about and so teagle manor this is obviously far more well known than the house on Hangman's Hill. I mean, it's considered uh, really a classic by many, uh, and its its reputation is that it's Gonzo. Um, is that is that your take on it, Nick? I'd say so. Yeah, it's um, it's a huge thing when when you think about the time period when it came out. Uh, the TSR modules at that point were still um, very small publications a few maps, and uh, a a relatively light number of encounters. Uh, Teagle Manor, uh, let's see, is that that one of the original copies you have there or one of the reprints? This is the Goodman Games reprint. Okay, yeah, I I have one of the reprint copies as well, and it looks like from it, the original was about uh, 32 pages of material, and then, then this reprint also has uh, some more that was added on. 
But um, if you look at it, if if yours has the uh, the separate map pieces to it, um, it came with two maps that uh, basically fold out like uh, uh, double the size of an eight and a half by eleven sheet of paper. Mm. One one of them is a uh, a big hex map shows you uh, all the surrounding area. There's there's Teagle Manor itself as well as uh, a nearby village and some other things. Then you flip that one over, and it's a map of the the ground level of the manor itself. Just this really small uh, small scale of uh, squares and. It is just absolutely packed on this map. Yeah, and my my recollection is that this module, like the early Judges Guild modules, doesn't tell you uh, the levels. And it can be, it, the monsters in here and the creatures in here are, are wildly varying in terms of, of how dangerous they are. And so uh, it's always hard to figure out what level characters should be when they go through one of these early judges guild modules is that is that your recollection nick yeah they'll they'll give you a little bit of suggestion um i think the 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 other one uh was a little more detailed in how they thought a party should be made up um and and Tigo manor itself as you say it's it's interesting there's uh, there's a huge amount of uh data that's presented but um depending on what you're used to in modules it can be kind of a surprise to read Uh, in the in the years even just of first edition uh D, if you look at the early modules versus the later ones by the time you got to some of the ones down the line you saw them written with uh the the so-called box text the the description that would be for the player's public knowledge as well as a good amount of the information that the dm only should know and things like that but going back to the to this early stuff uh the teagle manor presentation it's largely just uh a list of data you go through pages and pages of uh here's here's this group of rooms you know a1 here's the size here's the monster that's in it okay a2 here's the size of the room here's the monster that's in it maybe a little treasure and uh so you have a whole lot of a whole lot of that but um it feels like the kind of thing that uh would take a little more preparation on the dm's part to be ready to run it Right. It's um, it's almost as if the person who wrote it wrote it for themselves. In that, you know, you you when I've wrote modules for myself, it's very sparse. I you know put a couple of notes, a couple of things, key things, because again, I'm not having someone else read it. It's when you know you're presenting it, and I think part of the style there too is not handholding. So you could take this and, and modify it. I love the uh, just looking at it real quick. It's not hit points, it's HTK, I guess hits to kill, is, mm-hmm. is that idea, which is, again, it's really old school from that kind of perspective. And, and or maybe not using hit points, maybe that was a, a, 
Copyrighted term? Well, but I believe at the point, I, Nick, you might know this better than I would. I believe at that point in time, I would have assumed that Judges Guild had the licensing rights, right? Because they, they famously were, right, the first third-party company, I believe, right. to get a license yeah, to that. use the Dungeons & Dragons name and material, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know all the timing details, if it goes back to the beginning or not. Uh, certainly for a good portion of the time, they, they did have an official relationship there. As you say, they were actually allowed to use the name on the cover, and you know, no one was giving them any problems about that. Uh, to a certain extent, there may have also been the desire to uh, try and play both sides. Um, you'd want to be compatible with Dungeons & Dragons because it was fairly dominant in the market, but it certainly wasn't the only thing at the time. Right. So would you would you recommend Teagle Manor and the house on Hangman's Hill if someone was looking to run a Halloween game? Would you recommend these modules? Teagle Manor is a pretty good one. Um, as I say, it would take, uh, take quite a bit of, of preparation to be ready for it. Um, I think the only consideration might be uh, how much time you had available, whether you uh, wanted something that might continue around or if you wanted something faster, because it, it is the sort of thing that you could play over a lot of sessions. Right. Uh, Hang, Hangman's Hill is a shorter one. I think that would be more conducive if you wanted a uh, quick holiday kind of one. Also with the content, um, I feel like Hangman's Hill, uh, it might fit in more with the theming of, as you say, a, uh, a Halloween game. Uh, the background details talks about uh, the, uh, the, the history of, of this building, the uh, battles between the the worshippers of rival gods, and uh, you encounter a lot more in the way of undead as your monsters, as opposed to just a just a range of creatures. Now, and what we should mention um, as we wrap up this segment, though, is unfortunately, House on Hangman's Hill is harder to find. It's not been reproduced, so you got to find a copy on, say, eBay. And it, it can get pretty pricey. Teagle Manor is more accessible because it's repr been reprinted by Goodman's Games. Uh, and so I can't remember the price, but it's not exorbitant. Uh, you can get Teagle. So Teagle Manor te is more accessible than the house. So, so for our listeners like, yeah, I want to get House in Hayman's Hill. Let me go get that. Sounds great. And they're like, well, where is it? So that's, it's, it's not on drive-thru RPG or anything? I, like not, that? The last time I looked, it was not, okay. which is unfortunate. I don't know if yeah. it's on there now, but when I bought this, it wasn't available. Um, and I had to pay uh, a decent amount of money. Uh, well, and that, and that's an original. So, I mean, that, that's you're paying for the, the... That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, so, I guess, and then we, you know, you mentioned Ravenloft. And, you know, that's kind of a few years later, not too much later, 85, 86, if I remember correctly. And it was, uh, in a lot of ways, revolutionary um, from a... Oh, look at that. Um, from, a, from that perspective in that... You know, it was it was a break from the previous modules mm -hmm. that TSR presented. So, uh, have you run uh, Ravenloft, uh, Nick? And what's your thoughts? And you know, how's it different? I haven't, different? Uh, I haven't run Ravenloft yet. Actually, uh, a few years ago, 
um, at the at the shop where we uh, regularly play. Um, we did start a Halloween game of Ravenloft, and we got uh, we got partway through it um, into the castle and uh, wandered around a bit. We weren't able to finish it at that point. I don't know if uh, if we ever will pick up the game. Oh, that was, I was there. I think I was there. Is that the Halloween yeah. game a couple years ago? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as you uh, as you said, James, that that was a uh, a huge change in uh, in D and D itself in what they were uh, putting out, and also uh, kind of followed in the vein of uh, Dragonlance in the sense of uh, Ravenloft. Not so much in first edition, but as they moved on to second edition, they just developed it into this massive universe of its own. Hmm. Yeah, and and just the presentation, it was at another level uh, with the isometric maps of the castle. Yes. And um, this idea that plot drove the story much more than more of a sandbox where you could kind of go in and some people like that and some people really uh you know same thing with Dragonlance is Trace Hickman and and um uh his wife uh and the other person that did it too who did the Dragonlance it's all escaping me now and I apologize uh, Margaret Weiss Margaret Weiss thank you um you know that that style really has become the predominant style now in in over the last 20 or 30 years and some people like that and in fact the OSR is almost a Bringing not that style back, you know, bringing back to the players drive the story, not mm-hmm. don't have these epic kind of things. So, I, I don't think it's an or situation; it's an and. But definitely, Ravenloft is uh, one where you have a. Um, it's very narrative. It's from a mood perspective, it's one of the best ones if your DM can yeah. pull it off. Um, yeah, but I, I mean, go ahead. Uh, as I was going to say, uh, being on the player's side of it so far, I don't know all the details, but I know one of the uh, uh, particularly uh, interesting aspects to it is uh, there's something in the uh, in the storyline that's that's called a uh, taroka deck. Oh, a yeah. Deck where it's kind of like a tarot kind of thing. And what the DM is supposed to do before they run the module is... Uh, do do some kind of secret uh, drawing of a number of cards, and that depending on which cards are turned over, that is supposed to uh, shape some of the aspects of the story. So it's the kind of thing that it could be run over and over again, but it wouldn't be exactly the same each time. Yeah, and, and in fact, they carried that in the fifth edition, where you get your card, you get a, it, it has cutout cards, where you can use player car- playing cards and do the same kind of thing. So very innovative. I think the general, and I agree with you. The problem with any of these modules is you have two choices. You either are going to um, plan in your campaign to move them towards this scenario somehow. You know, if you're in a campaign all of a sudden you're in borderlands and now you're going to say oh there's this thing and you're going to have to kind of force your party to go there and these are long modules they're not a one session thing Um, so you know you're going to have to make a you have to make two decisions how you get them there if you're going to use your normal campaign 
and how many sessions you're going to do, and do you let them use their own characters or not. Those are the three challenges. I think the easiest way to do it is to do a one-shot. You, know, you take a break from your campaign. You throw some pre-gens. They may move faster because they're not as um, concerned about their players and, and their characters, and they can move through it and, and try to accomplish it uh, versus you know, uh, having your own characters and them dying. But you could do that. It was just, it's, it, you're, you're in for a while, right? Do you agree with that, Nick, or is that a fair assessment? Yeah, I think I think you've got it there. Um, I know for the uh, uh, for the Ravenloft game, basically, we were just uh, handed some characters to choose from and uh, uh, take a few minutes to equip them with some uh, magic items and things, and then we were uh, diving right into it. Yeah, and I think that probably is the best, unless you're going to commit to the campaign. In later editions, that is the campaign. You start first level and you. Uh, go through that uh, scenario, um, you know. And it's uh, to me, it's almost like two Mahars. You just play it one shot. You see how far they get, and everyone has a good time with it. Um, and then you can decide: Do you want to keep running it, or do you want to just say, you know, it's uh, you know, it's Christmas, Thanksgiving, and you're still playing Hangman Hill. You're like, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I want to keep doing that. Or Christmas times comes up. Well, great. Um, so, Nick, like I said, we'll definitely. Uh, if people want to find you, uh, what's uh, where can they find you if you're on social media or where you do your reviews? If you can just uh, quickly tell us about that. Um, now, social media. I use uh, Twitter. Okay. Um, the handle is just Nick Manito, N I C K M O N I T T O. So if you uh, if you like if you follow me I'll I'll repost your re- retweet your thing out so people can find you. Just we're at Grog Talk so just uh, I don't think you're one of our followers at this point so we'd love to have you on there and then mm-hmm. or you can find Dan he's out there Dan Gromanski he's That's out true. there he's got his he's got his legion of followers right now. <laughs> I think he's doing it just so I have to go on Facebook because I've really yeah. avoided it and yeah. he's making me do that yeah. so and and you've done your reviews where what's the site if they want to go see your reviews. Uh, let me see if I can get that loaded up. Yeah, if you, if you don't have the full link, you can send that to us and we'll put it on the show notes. Well, uh, it's pretty easy. Uh, if you go to uh, multiverse.world. Multiverse.world, okay. And and look for your name and they'll find your reviews. Yep, there's, uh, there's a huge variety of people who have uh, written reviews for it. Um, covers all sorts of topics. There's There's been things on... Uh, Board games, role-playing games, books and comics, even a little bit in uh, movies and stuff like that. So uh, it's a pretty wide range there. Awesome. Well, and and I definitely want to do a segment on Top Secret, and you're a huge fan of Top Secret. So hopefully in the upcoming, um, okay. we'd love to have you on to talk about Top Secret. We'll get the Skype thing worked out. So, definitely. Uh, so thank you, Nick, for your time, and I appreciate you talking about these great uh, Halloween adventures and Generally, the consensus is they're good. You may want to make a one-shot. You may, you may need to do some work to try to cut out a bunch of it so you can get to the end if you want to do a big uh, climactic thing at the end. Do you agree with that, Dan? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks, great. Nick. Thanks for having me. All right, bye-bye now. Bye. All right. All right, shall we? Uh, well, now we got to talk about the undead. Let's do it. Two hours into it. Yeah, right, let's do it. Okay. 
So, so the way to find, and, and I think we'll, we'll talk about the classic undead, right? Because I mean, I assume if you yeah. go through the Fiend Folio and the Monster Mirror 2, you're yeah. going to find. There's tons of undead. Right, a lot of other. So it's, so it's interesting. You know, they're really not defined. If you look, you know, I, I, because of you, first thing I do is I go in the glossary. Oh. And I did not find. A definition of undead? A definition of undead. You know, because all sorts of issues come up with, I know that players have wanted to use speak with dead on undead, which I allow, um, but I mean, I can, I can understand why you might not allow it. So you've got a, a hierarchy, right? But let me check. Maybe. Oh, I'm sorry. I apologize. There oh. is a class. I looked in the index and there was not a definition, oh. so I should have went to the glossary. A class of malevolent, soulless monsters, which are... Neither truly dead nor alive, including skeletons, vampires, ghosts, zombies, ghouls, et al. Why are they malevolent? Aren't skeletons neutral? Well, but if, well, they're, they cause... if they're guarding someplace, then, then they But they're only malevolent them. if the person... Well, obviously... So, let's talk about creating undead. You gotta, it's evil cleric time, right? I mean, so how do you create a skeleton? So, there are, um, the classic way in first edition to create... The lower undead, and there's, and to me, there's three tiers, and the tiers I look at is based on the Dungeon Master's Guide, page seventy-two or whatever it is, seventy-two. Oh, five is for the turn. Seventy-five is the turning undead. Um, your lower tier, your skeleton and zombie, they're described in Animate Dead. It's a spell that's a cleric spell, but it's also a magic user spell. So you can be a magic user or a cleric and animate the dead. And it's generally considered an evil act, isn't it? It's, I think the way Gary Gygax described it, it's not a good act. Right. He doesn't say it's an evil act, but he does says it's... Well, because players always want to raise <coughs> then, you know, the orcs died. I want to raise this orc. Right. I want to animate. I shouldn't say raise. That's right. And raise not, would be a bad idea. Right. Oop, wrong spell. He's attacking again. Yeah, that would not be good. We want to animate the dead. And uh, have him fight with us. Yes. Yeah, so the act of anim- in, on page forty-six of the player's handbook, the act of animating dead is not basically a good one, and it must be used with careful consideration and good reason by clerics of good alignment. So he opens the door for this. Well, that's right, because you know. So I, I know that there are some DMs that will recoil if you're a lawful good cleric and you say, "Well, I want to now animate this orc and make it an orc mummy and give it a command to fight with us." They, they will recoil at that. They would, because but, if he could animate a mummy, I'd, I, I'm not going to allow them to make mummies. I'd let them do something. Oh, did I say mummy? I meant zombie. Yes, zombie is no problem. I'm sorry, zombie. So but they look at this as an evil act. But you, right. know, but you can argue that if, if, it's just care for good reason. Well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in this dungeon. It's dangerous. Isn't this good reason? Uh, I'll destroy it at the end. Yeah, I, I, I don't think that's a good enough reason. I think the disturbing of the dead is, and again, go back, with, well, not again, that sounds so condescending. This is where your deity makes all the difference okay, in the world. Okay, great. Um, you know, if the ends justify the means, if that's yeah. the kind of deity you have, I think that's a better play than, you know, if, you're, if you are, uh, your deity is the god of light and life, that's not going to fly. Right. Uh, if your deity's Luther. All day. Uh, if I You'd was disappointed, high, except if you didn't, I, except I'd never be fifth level. Uh, Borin, no, you're at four. Boren could not do that. So how long? So this is permanent, <laughs> right? So I'm a, so I'm an evil cleric, or a lawful whatever, or loose, you know? Right. New, I guess neutral. I don't know. Well, any 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 sure. deity that would allow sure. it, yeah, it's a permanent effect. Right. So it's permanent. 
becomes animal and obeys the commands of clear casting the spell. It's just like, I gotta keep reading. It's just like with your like druid and your animal, don't leave it alone too long. The skeletons or zombie will follow, remain in it, so they're following along. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you, dude. But remain in an area and attack any creature or just specific type of creature entering the place, etc. Right. So that's what it happens. So in other words... It's a hugely powerful spell. It's a tremendous spell. The spell will animate the monsters until they're destroyed or until the magic is dispelled. The cleric is able to animate one skeleton or one zombie of each other. So you can create, basically. So that's how you create the undead army. Right. That is a, a need, way to do it. Yep. You need bodies. You need bodies. But if you have a, if you have a deal with the gravedigger... Yep. Right? So you create the end, and, and it's permanent, and they do whatever. I mean, it can't be, look, we now have to go to the monster manual, because it can't be too complicated. Doesn't the monster manual say that it follows, like, Simple commands thing. of certain wor- amount of words and things like that? Right. Move, attack, guard. Right. Those type of things. They are enchanted by powerful magic or cleric. Oh, it says of evil alignment. That's interesting. The monster manual says, and I understand the player's handbook. Came after. Came after. So that modifies. So I guess that would be usually. They perform a canning to the command of the animator, the command being limited in scope to but a dozen or two words. So I assume he means two dozen, not yeah. a dozen or two words. That's a right. dozen or two dozen words. So does this, this is sort of a gloss on the spell in the player's handbook. Yeah. Right? Because you'd have to follow. You have to say, look, you only get a dozen or two, or well, two dozen well, words. Well, in the player's handbook, it's one, uh, one hit dice... One undead per level. Oh, right, but meaning the amount of command. Oh, right, yeah. Wait, but can you give them, do you just command them and you give them, can you change the commands? Yeah. Oh, so in other words, the command of the animator, the dozen or two words, is how much they can understand in a single command. Right, yeah. But you can keep changing it. Of course. Get me my tea. Yeah. Tuck me in. I don't think that's a... Gather my pearls. Right, so Saul. Can Saul animate... Saul needs a skeleton, don't you think? Oh, he's not high enough. He's, yeah, magic, he, magic user is, it, it's the same. I think it's fifth level. Oh, I don't think Saul can have an, a skeleton, no, can he? No, he can't. But so that's why you can have, like, in the uh, city state, you had skeletons at the bar helping out. You could do that. Right. If you animated skeletons, you could have them working for you. Like, you could be a farmer, and you had all these skeletons out there. Oh, I'm sorry, animate dead's a fifth level spell for magic user, which I thought it was higher level, so you oh. have to be ninth level. Saul's not ninth level. No, he's never going to be ninth level. He, you know, he said his dex was like, what, seven? Something like that. It was terrible. Strikes is some form of weapon, but regardless. That's kind of weird. I, I understand that's the rule. I know it. It's always one to six. Yeah, they are the Harryhausen skeletons that we think of from back in the day, the Sinbad ones. The, yes. You know, the stop yeah. time, stop motion. It's exactly what I think of. Exactly. Because they're not really very, if you think about it, they're not really pulp. They're not kind of like sword and sorcery, are they? I mean, where is it? Did it come from Sinbad? I mean, where? I, I, I think. I mean, to me, they're, 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 I don't. I don't like the. Sham, I mean, the zombies are the shambling dead. The skeletons they just remind me of Jason Argonauts or, Sim, or Sinbad, whatever. Which one had the, the stopped motion ones and they're fighting them in? The, right, right. Uh, those I think were, Jason those, and the Argonauts or something. Yeah, I'm pretty sure both. I think what, what's the difference between them is uh, how do you know if it's a skeleton or a zombie? Is it based on decomposition? Yes. Simple as that. Well, then can you have, like, see, but wait, when does a skeleton become a zombie and vice versa? When does a zombie turn into a skeleton in terms of decomposition? So it's just based upon how much meat you got left yeah. on your bones? Well, based on the cleric spell, you have the option, assuming the corpses are proper. So a cleric is able to animate one skeleton or one zombie for each level of experience. The second can do two of these. So 
the assumption is if you go into a fresh graveyard, you could have the choice. You could say, I want to make skeletons and, and that the process of them animating, their flesh would just fall off and okay. they would be skeletons or they would just have tethered remains. I would argue if you were in an ancient crypt, you couldn't make zombies. <coughs> I got you. What would you rather have, a zombie or a skeleton? So there's pros and cons to either of them. The pros of a skeleton are uh, they tend to have better armor class. They are resistant to uh, edged weapons. They're, they're, well, they're half damage, right? They're half damage. Right. So only blunt weapons do full damage. So okay. um, the downside to it is they're only one hit dice. And they move faster. Right. Zombies are slower. In fact, they always attack last in the round, regardless if they win initiative. So this, right, so zombies are like the big kind of boxer, slow kind of right. George foreman kind of guy. Skeletons are a little bit more like an Ali kind of style. Right, and I've seen some DMs allow them to do, you know, because there's the classic skeleton archer that shoots bows. You, you, we've seen some of that even. It's, it's not specifically said here, but you could, or spear, they could throw spears. Zombies not going to attack with any kind of weapon. Right. They're going to just, they're animated dead corpses. Right, and one to what was the damage on a zombie? D8, if I remember. So it is higher, so they're yeah. bigger? They're bigger, they do more damage, and, and they have more hit points. Right, but they're slow they're and easier to hit. Got it. They're slower, they, and um, they attack last. And um, so you got to work out your strategy for these troops, how to use them. Right. Now, there is an advantage. The other final advantage is on the turntable, zombies are harder to turn than skeletons. Right, right. Got it. All right. So, you know, if you're going to be evil (laughs) and you're going to make them, you're going to have a mix of them. You're going to have some skeletons and some zombies, and you probably would, you know, probably do 60, 40 or 75, 25, have skeletons and, and, and zombies. Yeah, so all right, I'm seeing me sending, I'm sending the zombies in front and the skeletons are going around the side. Right. That's what I'm doing. Try to get to the squishies. Yeah, exactly, because they're moving fast. Right, but that's where some of the commands may be difficult because... Oh, good point. You're, you know, you're going to have to say, you know, attack the humans. I mean, would they really understand, attack the guys in the purple robe? I, I would struggle with that. Well, because it's interesting, because skeletons don't have intelligence, do they? So how do they even understand anything? Well, they understand basic commands because they've been animated. It's yeah, basically the it's magic. magic. Same with zombies, because they're not intelligent. Right. And this is, so zombies are magic into courses, evil magic are clerics. These creatures follow commands, as spoken on the spot, or as given previously, of limited length, a dozen words or so. So that's basically the same. Skeletons said a dozen right. or two. Zombies, but it's got to be the same, right? Kill anything that comes in this temple. Why are they typically found near graveyards? Because I leave them there? Because that's the supply, where they came from. I know, but don't I leave them? I take them with me. Um, I create them and then I leave them I guess them in the you can take them, but they're slow. They move at six, so you'd be... Oh, so that's why. They're just not catching up? Yeah, it's just a hassle. They're walking slowly from the graveyard? I'll just make new ones. Just leave them here. Wow, this is taking way too long. Always oh, striking. Oh, and they, they fight into... It's nice. No morale issues. They're, they're, they're mindless from that perspective. Oh, and sleep, charm, hold, and cobos, cold baseballs do not affect zombies. All right. So they've got some little other benefit there. Yeah, too. And, and because they're mindless, um, I don't, I, and, and later editions codify it, because they're mindless and they're undead, um, illusions don't work on them. That, that's, a, that's a big issue. 
That's a big debatable issue, right? We know that. For yeah. some, right. For me, it's not. I mean, we've they, had that conversation with illusionists, I think. You know? Right. Yeah. That's that's the question. And then, you know, will will an illusion work on a higher level, more quote unquote intelligent undead? The um, the argument for, and, you know, we can talk a little bit about that. The argument for higher undead not being affected by illusions is that they've pa- they've passed through their mortal coil. They're they're extra planar almost right. creatures who have. Uh, it's almost like this: the veil of they don't have the fear of death because they're not part of the thing. The illusionists do is they trick, they you know they play with your mind and, and scare you. They have no fear; they're they're dead already. Right. right. So that that wouldn't work. Now you could argue what about invisibility? What is or that? I mean, so I. I well, they don't have fear, but they may still think it's a pit. They may, but they but in this case, the zombie is just going to walk through it and not take. Yeah, we've had this conversation. That, so. So, uh, holy water, same on both, two to eight. Right. Do you got a hit and it's got a break? Yes. Hit and break. Right. Got it. Okay. So those are your kind of, and then there's two other types, which are, you know, when, when I, t- I broke it out in our show notes for early level, mid-level, and high level. Early level is the one to three a little bit. Uh, mid-level is, you know, four to seven, and then seven or above is the higher level. So... The next one is shadow, which again we don't see a lot of shadow. Wait, what happened to ghoul? No ghoul. Wait. Well, oh, going up the the uh, chain um, from a, from my from my perspective, a power level, a shadow's scarier. Uh, I mean, a ghoul scarier than a shadow. Oh, even though on the on this on the yeah. chart on the turning I, chart, I think yeah, I think from a play, from a turning chart, they're harder to do, and I think part oh, of that okay. is because. They're in the they're they're more aligned with the sh- uh, the negative material plane. I think that's the argument for that. Because the, the ghoul has fewer hit. Do- what you don't what you don't like is the energy drain, right? Because the ghoul has higher hit points. Um, I mean, less of fewer hit points. Two for the ghoul, three plus three for the shadow. Right. The sh- yeah, the shadow is more powerful, but from my perspective, a ghoul is going to kill a party more than a shadow. Shadow's juice does permanent strength drain, which is terrible. Okay, so shadow. I mean, I guess we don't have a picture because it's just a shadow. That's right. You don't see it. Just... And it's intelligent now. Now we've hit intelligence. Right. It's low, and it's evil. Chaotic evil. Super evil. Super evil. They attack living things without hesitation. They're like a giant spider, or a large spider. Right. In order to gain the life force. So they do the damage, one point of the victim's strength. Yeah, and it comes back two-day turns unless you're completely drained of strength. Okay, so that's why it's, it's, it's not as bad as, say, a ghoul, because you've got to get all the way down. Right. A ghoul, if you fail your save, well, this one, if it hits you, you lose your strength. If a ghoul hits you, you fail your save versus paralyzation, and you're not an elf, you're paralyzed, and you're basically out of the fight. Right, right. So they appear to be nothing more than their name. So do they get, oh, wait, so they get, why don't they get a surprise? So they're shadow. They should get it. They look like a shadow. So they literally look like a shadow. Right. And so there should be a real high surprise, I would think, right? Well, they're ninety percent undetectable. Why is there AC seven? Because once you see it, you see it. So it's ninety right. percent. Like you just think it's a shadow. I would certainly give them a surprise. Ninety percent. That's ninety percent invisibility, basically. Right. So I'd give them, you know, a one in five chance of surprise. That'd be nasty. It'd be very nasty. That shadow, just you're done. You have zero strength by the time the shadow's done with the surprise segments. Over. Right. Okay. So, so for me, shadows, even though they have higher hit dice and they're scary and they're higher on the chart because of their hit dice, ghouls are, when you're a low-level party and you see a ghoul or ghouls, oh, yeah. if you're not an elf, you're, you're, you're trembling in your boots because they get three attacks. Oh, yeah, they have the claw, claw, bite. 
And does each one the cause two, paralysis? Just the two. I think it's the claws that do the paralyzation, if I remember correctly, because they're, <laughs> they're fingernails. Or... Yeah, they're, they're filthy nails with fangs, right? It causes humans, including dwarves, gnomes, half-elves, and halflings, excluding us to become rigid process unless a saving throw is successful. They're touch. So that's why you think it's claw, you do claw, claw. Right. Not the bite. I normally don't do the bite. Okay. I could be pers persuaded against that. They attack without fear. They um, are fearless. Yeah, and then that's a level train, right? No. Oh, no, so that's paralysis. That's going to be the gas, right? right. So, all right. The so gas is also paralysis. And we know that there's an the issue. Gas is a super, uh, super ghoul. Leads, leads, leads the ghouls. And off. provides stench, so you get the negative and that. Right, and I know that there's an issue on the, the duration of the paralysis. I know that like the monster card had an amount. The polyhedron talked about it. Yeah, there's no, it, doesn't, it just says, there's no, it wears off. It just says it's permanent. Here, there's no duration for paralyzation. Right. That's the problem. That's the problem, right. And I know the sage's advice had an amount, um, and so there's a lot of varying amounts. So, the, yeah, the ghast, the ghast is worse. The ghast, you're now at four hit dice. It's the claw, claw bite. You got the stench. If you don't make the save, you're at minus two to hit. And in addition, then, you've got the, uh, the energy drain. Not lemon drain. There's no energy. Oh, and gas. Who's got the energy? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a white. Yes, white's the. Exact. So not until you hit the white do you right. have the level. But drain. in your classic first edition modules or keep of the borderlands, the ghoul. You're, you're not. You may see some shadows, but typically in order of power, skeleton, zombie, you can handle them. All of a sudden, you see ghouls. Then you're in trouble. Um, and then for whatever reason, there's always a white, which is horrible. The white, yeah. Right. I remember, the cla I remember that one guy said if someone puts a, a white in, you should punch him in the face. And He said me. He's talking about right. me. Right. So I was running keep on the border. Right, there's, there's a white. There's a white, and you guys were still first level. Right. And he said that uh, he said that the player should have punched me in the nose. Right. And, then, and somebody else said, well, punch, you Gary. punch Gary Gygax. Because literally, um, secret of, uh, what is that, uh, the cult god of the um, uh, N1... Uh, I think L1 has a white or wraith. Um, B2 has a wraith. I'm assuming the white. These are enders of, of parties, typically, if you don't turn. Right. And if you're a first-level cleric, your chance of turning a white is? 20. 20. You have a 1 in 20 chance. That's not good. So, See what happens. again, the problem with the... Just before we do that, the problem with the ghoul is once you're paralyzed... If they continue to attack you, which is very likely, they get double their attacks, maximum hit. Oh, because, yeah, because you're... You're magically held. You are held held. Yeah. Can, so, I, can I use the assassin table? You, you know, if you wanted to, you well, could. Well, a player. That's right. That's, yeah, well, yeah, if you wanted to be a total jerk, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, you're talking about... Thir they do 1 to 6, 1 to 6, 1 to 3... Or 1 to 3, 1 to 3, 1 to 6. That's 12 points. So now they're doing 24 points around to, to the paralyzed king. You're dead. Oh, yeah, that's done. You guys were eaten by ghouls in yeah, uh, the Treasure of Barlon, remember? Right, that's right. The color spray, and then he had the ghouls eat you. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so the white doesn't do a lot of damage in terms of hit points. It's just one to four. But then it's the energy giant. Oh, and the silver magic weapons to hit. Right. Now, this is where the players metagame, and I get it. They see a white. They've never seen a white before. Their players haven't, but they all know it's a white, and right. so everyone is running for their magic weapons. Whereas right. in, if you weren't metagaming... But here's the part I always forget, that you silver weapons would silver. work. 
And this is where I think I don't have a problem with players if they remember that saying, hey, I want them to get a silver sword if they can afford it. You know, I would right. double to triple the price. Right. Or maybe 10 times the price because it would have to be, you know, silver is a very soft metal and has to be woven in there yeah. properly. Yeah. But if they do that, I'm not going to sit there and say, how would your guy know that? I mean, these are whites. They're known creatures. That's, yeah. Give, give them a chance because if they don't have magic weapons, they can't hit the guy. And what fun is that? I mean, what what are you trying? What are we trying to do there? Just torture the players? No, yeah. I agree with that. I know we forgot. Of course, there is a marine form of ghoul. I forgot. That's right. The Locution or Lacedon. Lacedon. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I thought somewhere there's something like cold steel or cold iron will work against undead, but I don't know. Yeah, some places it does. It makes a reference to that. So the the white is. Um, so so you have ghouls first early level skeleton zombies shadows ghouls. Mid-level, so uh, it could be your low-level boss or you're going to meet more of them. Gas, which we talked about, they are, they, they're indistinguishable from a ghoul. But they're higher hit dice and they have a stench that emanates from them. And their paralyzation works against elves, if I recall. Oh. So we could look that up. So, that's, so if you've got a bunch of half, whatever, somewhere here... It talks oh, about... Oh, cold iron. That's what it is. Oh, cold oh. iron causes double damage. Oh, okay. They're struck by any... So the good news is... I had gas, no idea when I... With 13, I had no idea what cold iron was. I don't know. I still don't know what it I, means. Yeah, I have no idea. So, yeah, the good news is they're struck by any sort of weapon. Cold iron causes double damage. That's really nice. And Claret can turn them. A protection does not keep them from bay. Oh, unless it is in conjunction with cold iron, such as a circle of powdered iron. Right. Often uses slays. By powerful demons. So, yes, will affect elves as well. It says at the end, the first paragraph. So, so all right, so gas are uber ghouls. They're uber ghouls, they're higher hit dice. They're the hobgoblins. Right. Of, uh, they're the bugbears. The bugbears. Double of them, because they're twice as powerful. Bugs. Right. Okay. Super nasty. I like gas. So, that's the first mid level one. Oh, they move at 15, yeah. 15 inches. They're fast. They're fast. Yeah, they're, they're your World War Z, you know, new modern zombie kind of thing. But no level drain. Right. I'd rather meet a ghast, I think, right. than a white, I think. Well, uh, most players would rather be killed than be level drained. It's the worst thing. They just hate it. Right. Just kill me and take my level. And, you know, there, uh, one of my suggestions is going to be there's a, 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 a supplement that came out a little later. It's more like 1.465 mm-hmm. when it came out. And they talk about alternatives to level drain. There, and I'm sure no. there's a dragon module. No. What? I know. That's so, it's so one-y, though. That's true. Level drain. That's if you want the hate. That is the hate. I don't care. Give me a red dragon. I'll take, but then a white or a wraith. So the next level is white and wraith. So white is a as a material uh, creature. There's the white. And do, and we haven't even talked about like how do you become a ghoul? It doesn't. Uh, I don't remember. I don't think it ever says. It's not. It's not a clerical spell, is it? I don't think. I th- no. I, I don't know. If I, I'm sure there's a way to make them, but. It's not designated how to create them. Right, so I think it just happens, maybe? Well, Orcus is the, you know, the demon no, prince of the true. undead. He mm-hmm. may seed them in places to do that. So um, At the very end of this, if we, I know we're running way long, can we just do a little mini encounter? Can I, I would like to have, I'd just like to fight Orcus. You want to fight Orcus? Yes. Okay. My first level cleric with two hit points. Okay. okay. Two hit points? He's can we end more, the, he has the show up how with much, that? How much hit points does your guy have? I thought it was more than two. Oh, you're going to bring, oh, he's dead. Well, this is his brother. Guy. Okay, new guy. Got it. All right. Awesome. Fight Orcus? Sure. Thank you. Uh, whites and Wraiths. 
Um, their big claim to fame is their level drain. A white mm. is a corporal creature, meaning it has a physical body. The wraith is kind of a shadow creature that uh, is, eth- is, is in the shadow, the negative plane. So the, the idea is both these creatures have some conduit, some power from the negative plane, which is if you uh, ascribe to the D&D multiverse law, the inner planes is there's the prime material, which is where all the adventures happen. And there are two plates above it. And this is shown in the player's handbook or in the deities and demigods. In the back, there you go. I'll show it to everyone. This is on page 121. And show that. And so the negative plane, obviously opposite of positive plane, it sucks life out. And the way it's done in first edition is you lose levels. And the challenges in the DMG <laughs> talks about energy drain. And if you're energy drained to zero level, you cannot ever adventure again. And don't you, when do you become, don't you become a, uh, a uh, white at some point? Yes, if you're, complete, if you're killed by a white or a wraith, you will, come, you will become one under its power. Any human totally drained of life energy by a white will become a half-strength white. So what does it mean to be totally drained of life? I mean, because you said go to zero. You go past zero. Past zero. So zero is sort of a zero level fighter, or now a zero level fighter. You're a zero level person. That's well, we've it. had this conversation. I thought everyone's a fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. And then. But uh, the problem with it is, as it's described on page 119, um, if a zero level individual, oh, sorry, uh, if, he, if the character is brought below first level experience, then the, the individual zero level person never, never capable of gaining experience again. So you're done. You're done. That's why right. that one guy retired, remember? They opened up the, uh, the, the, the shop. The shop, that's right. They took over the, the butcher shop. shop. The, the cleaver something and cleaver shop. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the meat and cleaver. Yeah. Thing. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, now, this is where the advantage of being multi-class. If you're a multi-class character who's drained, the always, the, always loses the highest level first. And if all things are equal, the highest level of the class, which requires the greatest amount of experience, is lost. So if you're a fighter magic user, uh, the magic user would be taken off first. Mm-hmm. Got it. But you, in theory, if you were, this was one of the arguments that one of our players had. He was a cleric fighter, if I remember correctly. I think so. And he lost one level, so he was a zero one. Could he ever get back? Could he, because he wasn't completely drained, right. could he get back? Right. And I think you argued he could. Yeah, after a certain but amount of XP. then he died after that. That's when he's been by the spider. Was that's, that right. He's been, that's right. That's right. He's been that by the spider. Anyway. Right. I love when he... Most, that's why most of these issues become moot anyway. Right. You're dead like the next adventure anyway. Yeah, if you're, if you're worried about all this, yeah. you, you've got the wrong well, idea. Let's just wait a few adventures, see if you live. Right. You know, let's get to fourth level. And, when a, and, and uh, yes, Grendelwolf, it basically says, uh, I agree with you. If a creature is killed by the creature, and it's not consumed, the ghoul, if, you know, a lot of times they'll eat the creature. Oh. I think the ghoul... Uh, makes more ghouls that way. Oh, okay. So you guys, the uh, t- t- how are the uh, treasure of Barlon adventure? You guys could actually be a pack. Of, you could be like a ghoul pack now. Right. We could join them. Wow, ghouls night out. I love it. Does it say that in there, or is that something going to be? Right. It doesn't say it here on Energy Drain, but I'm pretty sure that's how it works. Oh, yeah. I- there is any human killed by a ghoulish attack will become a ghoul unless blessed. There you go. So right. So well, yeah, but I think he lets you feed him. Right. I, I said they ate you. Yeah, they could eat you too. Right, because they're eating you. You're becoming a ghoul, but you're eating. Oh, so wait a second. Is that, I know we have like a, uh, you know, who made out an Eve issue now. But so there was a ghoul 
and a ghoul kills someone, and that's, so that's how you get more ghouls. Right. We now know, I don't know where the first ghoul came from. Well, Orcus would have done that. Okay, and so now ghouls come, it's like the spread of ghouls, ghouls right. killing. Uh, okay, so now we know, we're, and whites, well, those are half-level whites, though, right, that you create. Right. You become half the So level. we don't know where the full whites come from. I'm just probably Orcus, Orcus again. I gotcha. I like that. Those are the first. He's now, bad. there's this, there's the idea of if you're, uh, the master ghoul gets killed, or the master um, white or wraith gets killed, you're then free. You're still undead. You're not, you don't, don't die from that. So oh, I kill you. Yeah. You're the, you're now a junior white. Right. I die. You're free. You're not under my command anymore. But I'm still a white. You're still a white. You think I become a full white? I think you become a full well, white. Well, I could explain where the, the proliferation right. of or whites. Or over time, you would, you know, the idea is you're a junior white. You suck the life of other creatures that you get. And you, it's a Ponzi scheme, basically. This would be a fun, I see a good adventure coming. Right. It's a Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah. You have the, got the type white, then you have junior whites. Because mm-hmm. you could have like the four plus three hit dice white, then you have two plus three, and then one plus. Yeah. And they suck up more energy and they become two, and then there's only so many twos you can be. Maybe they fight or whatever. It's like the druid stuff and the. Exactly. Stuff like that. Exactly. Monks or something. Right. Grandmaster. I think it's. Grandmaster of Google. Flowers. Grandmaster of Flowers. <laughs> white. Grandmaster <laughs> of Peace. Grandmaster of Flowers, Paren White. Um, okay. Um, so the, what makes them scary is the level drain, and um, they, players hate that. Well, and race fly. It. Huh? Race fly. I race believe. do fly. That's pretty nasty. They're, they're fly. 24 inches. They're super fast. They get one attack, but it's yeah, a level they're very, drain. They're very smart. Yeah. Gas are not very smart. They got to be smarter than a ghoul, though, don't you think? Uh, they think they're cunning. They are, right, is it the gas the one is cunning? Both ghoul and gas, I think they're more cunning, I should say that. I just love, and I love the fact that they're in packs, right? They're very. They're low. Very. Yes, yeah, so And smart. low. Completely indistinguished to them, but they usually found with a pack of ghouls. They're like the leader. When the pack attacks, it'll quickly become evident that gas are present. However, if they exude a carrying stench. Right. Yeah, and I think the ghouls are cunning, right? Yep. Yes, have a terrible cunning. So they're not smart, but they are terribly cutting. Right. They're not retarded. They, they're, they're predators. They're like, you know, they're, they're predator creatures. Huge spiders. <laughs> That's right. They know, what they, they know what they want. The problem with ghouls is they're not, so gas are rare, ghouls are uncommon. <laughs> they're all over the place. <laughs> That's not good. That's terrible. That's nice and scaring me, man. Well, look how There's many spiders get. everywhere. Yeah, the, I know. It's a ghoul pack. If you see a ghoul, well, that's what you like they say about one. roaches. There's another one. There's more nearby. That was one of the adventures you had. You said there were twelve ghouls. I remember. I just said, okay, with man, it is written. I, no, I understand. <laughs> it you was saw dwarven me, glory. You saw me pulling out my dice, ready because I'm like, we're dead. We're dead people. Yeah, dwarven glory. From but then the we turn of victory. Yeah, that was awesome. which we haven't talked about. So, but then, but then the ghouls, you know, got you in Barlon. They did. So it the, was, uh, the ghoul giveth, the ghoul taketh away. I like ghouls a lot. Yes. Ghouls and you know I put that in the uh, the tournament adventure. I know the undead kobold ghouls. That's right. With the ghast riding cool, cool. a. They should have been called cool. Ghouls, exactly. With the uh, the ghast riding a uh, a skeleton boar. That's right. Cools. No, no, it was a specter. Cool smoke and cools. All right. Let's talk about mummies. Right. So then the le- last of the mid level, and this a lot of times is a big bad. Oh, so you're talking about we're in moderate evil now? Is what you're saying? Yeah, this is moderate evil. Ghoul. You ghoul. admit it. White above it. Yeah, it's moderate evil from an absolute ranking. 
Because paladins will sense the level of evil, right? A lot of people don't know this. That's right, right? the sense of evil. Paladins yeah. will sense how much? Low, moderate, Right, the DMG detecting evil says it's a range of evil right. from minimal to overwhelming. Well, w w relative to who? Relative to Zeus, a ghoul is moderate evil. A Relative to a first level paladin, a, a white is more than moderate evil. So that was the argument. I love this picture of the mummy. He's almost like kind of like, hello. Hello, welcome. Right, exactly. He's welcome inviting. to my underground layer. Thank you for letting me out. So how do you become a mummy? Who's bandaging you? Well, it says here. It says oh. how they're made. It does? It does. does. How long? Let's see. Mummies are undead. They're on both the normal and the positive material. That means you're going to have level drain, right? Anytime, is that right? Well, positive, it's they're... Uh, they're Oh, 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 on both the normal and the positive material. Yeah, so they're on the different plane. Oh, so it's the only ones that do the level drain or if you're on the negative? That's right. Oh, I gotta learn about all this stuff. I don't know anything about this stuff. They're found near their tomb or in a burial place. Does it say out there? It's a, I thought it talked about how they're basically cursed to be that way, but maybe that's somewhere. Their unholy hatred of life and their weird unlife state gives them tremendous power. So, and they are tough because, and I forgot this actually. I think I forgot to do this in um, Tomb of Aethon the Damned. Is damage other than by fire? Not only can they only be hit by magical weapons. I remember that, right? right. If I recall correctly, but it's half damage. Yeah. And that was easy. That's, I think it's easy to forget. I think I forgot that every time I've run a mummy. That it's half damage. Yeah. Unless it's fire. So that's the benefit of going for fire, is it's not half damage? Yes. But if you're wielding a torch, you're non proficient, aren't you? Uh, unless you took a proficiency in a torch. A torch, right? Or, or a club. Club. If you had a club yeah, proficiency. But if you I, don't have that, so in other words. Negative. So would you rather use a magical weapon or fire on a mummy? I'd rather use a magical weapon. That's what I think, because I was giving grief about doing that at a convention. Not, not that I'm bitter. Well, it says blow of a torch would be one to three, and a flask would be one to eight. Yeah, that's not. If I've got a magical weapon, I know it's half damage, but if you've yeah, got, I'll take one you've got like a plus two mace, right? You know, and you're and you're proficient. Now, so what's interesting about mummies? So it says here they retain um, a semblance of life, and they seek to destroy, and they're found near tombs in a burial-like state. So because of their evil, somehow the ritual of burying them caused them to. Oh, do the bandages appear? Or you think are no, they, they mummified? No, they were, they were prepared that way. They were mummified. Yeah, like a king. You know, it's again Egyptian, the idea yeah. of the Egyptian thing. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so if I don't want to become a mummy, so don't bandage me up unless I want to become a mummy. I need to put in my will. Don't mummify me. Right. I, unless I want to become put a mummy. Put that on your golden, uh, put, on, put that golden rod on will. Right. Don't no. take my stuff and don't bandage don't me. Don't mummify me. Oh, and they have a fear. They do have fear, and that's one that's a huge, that's their big scary thing. Now, fear is different. Oh, so fear, yeah, so yeah, fear is the one where you run and drop stuff, right? Because there's another one, too, where you just sort of cower. Right, well, this one, fright they have such fear and revulsion, so it's not the fear spell. If they fail their saving throw, the victim will be paralyzed with fright for one to four melee rounds. Oh, that's what it is. That's right. So in other words, yeah, you're not dropping stuff and running. You're just... You're cowering. So again, if you're hammered. paralyzed, that is a magically held. So I would argue if the mummy's terrible, yeah. ter that's two attacks they get on you full damage, which would be, again, 24 points. Automatic hit? Yes. So magically held, automatic hit. That's right. Wow. Yeah, that's not good. And the damage is enormous, 1 to 12. Right. And the whole rotting flesh thing that happens if you... Uh... Oh, yeah. And you would need to, what, you need to cure disease. 
Yes. And you wouldn't know it at the time, would you? No, but you would assume that. But again, this is where this is where party knowledge, you know, the whole uh, metagaming, people are going to, um, they know if they get hit by a mummy, they're running to their local cleric to get the cure disease put on. Yeah, and where's that? So what happened? Oh, so it can be cured. I see that. Yeah, fatal, yeah. The disease will be fatal one to six months. Each month it regresses. Yeah. Okay. So this is where, the, the, again, the problem with cure disease, neutralize poison, remove curse, is they're, um, they're kind of one and done. They're very binary. They lose the sting of, you're like, yeah, who cares, cure disease. That's, I, I'm moving more and more towards, you know, they're, just like the spell magic, there may be a role, and you may not get it, or it may not, it may not uh, automatically cure it. Oh, wait, but that's not by the book, right? That's not by the book. Oh, okay. I see. Because it's just lame. I mean, because right. mechanically what happens is, okay, if you're, if you're going to fight a mummy, you have to be pretty high level, mm-hmm. mid-level at least, fourth or fifth level. You're going to have access. Now, again, you could, in your game, prevent or not have clerics just be these you know, shops that you can get all curing, which is fine if you're going to do that. But the idea of it, pe- people don't get, when people get cursed, or get disease, they go, meh, whatever. Right. Let the paladin do it. Right. Now, again, I would argue if the paladin, you know, it again goes back to what kind of game you want to have. I think um, the problem is the, the players discount it, and it should, it should be a powerful effect. It would probably was more of a powerful effect when people didn't know they did that, but now that people know about it, it's, right. it's, it's a new point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, Spectre. I've had a Spectre in. I think there's a Spectre Yes, in, in the, uh, the one with the king. The king and uh, the, the... Yeah, it was... Um, uh, with all the scrolls in there and... and well, Borshak's Lair. Borshak's Lair. Yeah, that's right. exactly. I had a Spectre. Uh, so, Which is crazy. Right. First level module, Borshak's Lair. It's old school, baby. Old that, school. That is, that is old school. That is seven plus three. The Spectre picture is weird. He looks it like is a libra- weird. He looks like a librarian. It is a creepy librarian, though, you got to admit. Yeah, I agree. Like Ghostbusters. Yes. So one, two levels. Two levels. This Ouch. is this. right. Plus one or better weapon to hit. Silver ain't doing it. Nope. Plus one or better weapon to hit. And now you've moved. Once you pass uh, mid levels, you're in the high levels now. And the, the four that I put there: are Ghost, Spectre, Vampire, and Lich. Those are the four big undead. Yeah. Uh, there. And so Spectre is. Two level drains. Horrible, horrible, horrible. You want to talk about ruining a player's day. Yeah, your loss is permanent. They can regain them but through acquisition of XP. Right, or restoration. Right. Which is a 7th level spell, mm-hmm. which is 16th level cleric has to cast that. Mm-hmm. Now, how many 16th level clerics are you going to have running around in your campaign? Not too many. Yeah. Now, the nice raised dead spells destroy some of these things, specters, and there's something else too. Yeah. But again, it, it's, it, safe. it's the interesting thing about these. You, you want the party to be high enough level where they can fight them, but not too hard, or they just dispatch them. Because we haven't even talked about turning yet, which we'll get to. So, Spectre, then you have Ghost, is the next one. Oh, Vampires Before Ghost. Actually. Oh, right, Vampires Before Ghost? Yeah. It oh, is. interesting. Okay. It is. So, Vampire, you thought Spectres were bad. Yeah, Vampires. Vampire bad. is terrible. And they've got the gaze attack, right? Right. They have the gaze attack, they can, which is a charm. They're strong. Uh, they're hard to kill because even if you uh, destroy their body, they, they turn into a gaseous form and they go back to their lair. Yeah, how do, you, how do you actually kill a vampire? Well, there's a few ways. You can cut its head off and stuff it with... Uh, you know, they're very... 
so these are very the way they describe killing them is very Western Western slash Eastern European Bela Lugosi killing. Yeah, stake through the heart, cut their head off, uh, keep them in sun, run, have them th- right. uh, submerged by running water. I think is another one. You got a bit so another because it can it can turn into what you said a smoke, like a bad gaseous form. Yeah. So in other words, you got to surprise it, don't you? Because if it's losing. Right. Or it's easy, he's got it's a stake will. or something. I mean, it can just always do right. gashes for him. It's out of there, right? That's right. They shouldn't just fight to the death. Right. They're you gotta, you got to like find it sleeping in its coffin or something, right? And exactly. Like you said, the very Eastern European kind of Western. Right. Yeah. It says here they can be slain. Exposure to direct sunlight kills the creature in one turn, so it has to be 10 minutes, and they can't do anything. Immersed in running water for three rounds. The vampire loses one-third per round of immersion. If a wooden stake is driven through the vampire's heart, it's, it is killed, but only for as long as the stake remains. To finish this task, the vampire's head must be cut off and mouth filled with holy wafers. Wow, so you really gotta, you gotta have a plan. And here's where I would argue, um, and I guess I could do this, uh, you know, as one of our folks on the list, on the chat, you could tailor it, as long as you give the party some idea of how to do it. Maybe there's a legend of, you know, Bob the Vampire where um, you know in this part of the world that you must take his uh, body um, to the temple and you know cast consecrate on it and that will do the same thing so that they don't have this or oh, we got to cut its head off and wafers because that may not make sense in your realm right I understand how do you play the recoiling issue because that came up in my game yeah right when I ran uh, Chapel of Silence vampires recoil from strong garlic the face of a mirror or a cross uh, if any of these objects are presented boldly, note however that these devices neither harm nor drive them off. So it's not turning, of course, right. automatically, but it sounds like even if you did an attempt at a turn, they're going to recoil. How would you play that? Because recoiling must mean something. Yeah, it's only lawful good, first of all. Right, okay. Um, and the way I would adjudicate that, it does, it's kind of like I use it as sanctuary, meaning I may not attack. Mm you mm-hmm. well i can still try to charm you i'm gonna I'm, i may try to do or charm someone else i may not look at you because i'm being recoiled by this thing but i'm going so to you're just that. So turning away you just right. got it okay and i also do it part of the level of the creature you know because we've seen movies where the vampire knocks the holy symbol out of it because they're oh. more powerful than than the uh person that's presenting it right oh and look and actually i should keep reading to you right they do cause a vampire to hesitate one to four rounds before attacking in the case of garlic. So one to four rounds. Yeah. But if they're being attacked, that just must mean you get a chance to get away. Right. That doesn't mean like you're like now, you've turned them with garlic right. and you're beating on them, right? That's I mean, right. right? No. This is you presenting the holy symbol. And I'm and backing up. And your whole party is backing away from Exactly. You. That's right. Not you're holding them in the corner and the party's beating them up. Right, because he's going to, like a turn, he's going to defend himself. That's right. That, okay. I totally agree with A that. mirror or holy symbol will cause a vampire to position, this is what you said, to position itself so that the object is not between the vampire and its intended victims. Or the vampire will have one of its creatures remove the device. So yeah, so it'll basically just, it'll reposition. Right, so, be, so you know it can it can um, you know in my case these are these are you know these are pretty much the apex undead the vampire yeah they're highly intelligent exceptional intelligence they're going to uh, you know so again you have the holy symbol I'm going to try to charm one of the other people and say get that out of your hand yeah. or block him so you know you're going to use that dynamic yeah yeah vampires are horrible creatures and if played right. They will end the party. Yeah, I didn't play it right. 
Well, you did for the one no, when I it was first level. Yeah, was, for first level. I did. For well, you guys ran. Yeah, he could have killed. He did kill the gnome. So no, the, the we ran th- for our lives. Actually, the only thing I ran I, for my life. Yeah, the, I think no, I think. Oh wait, no, because yeah, you guys actually came back and killed, and you never would have done that though. Because I think didn't he collect the uh, right. vampire pack? I never would have done. That. Well, and you were using an OD and D module where right. I, they looked a little. They weren't as powerful as they didn't flesh it out as much as yeah. the new ones. These yeah. these are ridiculous. And I forgot about the gaze attack because what is the gaze attack? Yeah, and this is the super charm too. Uh, when you have a charm, uh, a first of all, it does two levels of damage. It drains two levels, just like the uh, specter. Yeah. And 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 you know, as far as if it's gaze, if it gaze into person's eyes, the the vampire will have the effect of charming. The victim subtracts two from their saving throw, so it's minus two. And they'll and they will they can summon rats or bats. Oh yeah, I didn't or see wolves. It. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So and and it's a powerful charm. It's a monster charm. It is not the hey, you're my friend. No, it's hey. You will do this. And so I charm it. you. So if I use a gaze attack, which I think Sage Advice talked about gaze attacks. But right. It's like, it's like an attack. I gaze at you. That's like my attack, I assume, right? Well, there, so um, I later editions, that's how it did it. It's just like the Basilic attack or the Medusa attack. The idea is if you could do it that way, where it's an active thing, I do that instead. Right. Or... The Medusa one is if you look at the Medusa, you just catch happened. Uh, right. Well, you, you, as you're fighting, and so um, there's a table that I think came out later, and it's certainly in the newer edition of the DM uh, the DM screen, where it's it basically says you tell the player, okay, are you, you you're shielding yourself, you will have a two in ten chance of meeting its gaze, versus if you're just fighting it normally, where it may be a six in ten chance. Okay. Yeah. Um, but if you're doing the shielding. Then you get minus to hit. Basically, you're trading sure. chance to be hit oh, versus, yeah. versus that. So, so if you are charmed, then what happens is then the vampire basically says, okay, you attack your buddies. Right. Got it. Or defend me. Or defend me. Step in north right. Even better, perhaps. Right. Okay. Yeah, okay. So the vampire's quite nasty. Yeah. Now on to the ghost. Right. Really, really nasty. It's, it's nasty if you play the game right. I hate to say it that way because their main attack is... Um, aging, you know. So they, right. we have the ghost, and it's a pretty cool picture of the ghost. I do like, yeah, I like the ghost that. here. I like that. It's not bad on the grand scheme of things. Um, now they've got, you know, it depends whether they're gonna be what. And here, here, here's how they're created. They're so awful in their badness, they were rewarded by some given undead status. Right. So who did it? I would say Orcus. Maybe not. Maybe not Orcus or some demon, a uh, devil, because they're lawful evil. Um, they go around places of darkness, and they have spirits that hate life. They're either non-ethereal or uh, ghosts are non-corporeal, ethereal, and they usually in- encounter by creatures of the like state. Although they can be seen by non-ethereal creatures, the supernatural pow- power of the ghost is such, however, that the mere sight of one causes age ten years, and they flee in panic. Let's say throw is made. Yeah, that's nice. That is nice. And they, uh, but clerics above six level are immune. So that's good. Okay. So. Then they do their special attack, which is amazing. Yeah, what's their special attack? So they can basically do a magic jar. Um, any creature within six feet is subject to attack by magic jar, which is like the spell. Basically, they possess the other player. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, unless the ghost becomes some material to attack by other means. It can otherwise only be combated by a- another in the ethereal plane or by telepathic means. 
If the ghost fails to do magic char, it will then send him to his own attack by touch. So, so you can't attack it if it's in the ethereal plane. You can once it becomes materialized. Okay, so it can only be... So unless the ghost becomes semi-material to attack, right. it can otherwise only be combated by another in the ethereal plane, in which case the ghost has an armor class of eight. Oh, so if you're not in the ethereal plane, I don't even know what that is. I'm assuming I'm not. Is right. my gnome in the ethereal plane? My which sec- I don't know, my second level gnome. No, he's in the, in the prime plane? material plane. So That's then right. and when a ghost arrives, it's AC zero. That's right. So right, the, that eight business is only if I'm heading to the ethereal place. So he, they're trying to magic jar me. Well, actually, actually, he's not. You can't even hit him. If you, you may be able to see him, but you can't do anything to him. He's going to try to magic jar one. First, you're going to get terrified. Right. You lose ten years and run in panic. Okay. Then he's going to magic jar. And he jar finds you. me, so I'm older, and he finds me because I slow down with my age. Right. He magic. He tries to possess you or right. one of your party. If he does that, and he's successful. Now he's possessed one of you, and he's going to. Either be part of the party and try. So it's like to the find vampire it. business again? Right. It's almost like a charm kind yeah, of again? A, yeah, magic jar is basically. So let's say I survived that. Then he was going to semi materialize. Now he's AC0. Because he wants to attack. Now he's attacking. And if he attacks and he successfully does, he ages you 10 to 40 years. And I can't attack him. If he's in his ethereal state uh, playing, I can't. When he's magic jarring me, can I hit him at all? Huh? When he's in his ethereal plane and no, he's trying to magic jar me. you can get me, to the ethereal plane. I can do nothing. Right. So he's like in the ethereal plane. Right. And he's all he's there. Yeah, he's sort of here, but yeah, he's not. You, you can see him, but he's yeah. It's this I'm like, kind what of. What are you doing here? It's like a shadow plane. What the hey, right. I'm on the prime. Get out of here. Yeah, he he. He's like, they can right, step fine. in and out. That's the scary part. And then he attacks, and so he doesn't do damage. He just ages you to death. Right. So you just become like an old person, you, and you just eventually. Well, for some, it's good. If you're a, if you're a, 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 a immature elf, you get you get to maturity. <laughs> I feel wise. Come over here. Scare me to death. So we can do this where we can send people in to get touched by a ghost? I'm sure there's been adventures that people T- do that. Touched by a ghost. That's right. That's our that's that's, store. That's the Halloween version of Touched by an Angel. You're right, Touched by a Ghost for your youth. You want to be older? Yeah, it'd be terrible, right? Because the teenagers think it's like it'd be great. Yeah. But it's 10 to 40. Yeah, it's 10 to 40. Yeah. So we, It's a bit of a gamble. We would be either 60 or 90 plus or minus. Oh, yeah, it's not good for us. No. Well, clearly, we don't want to be touched by a ghost. No. At our age... They don't want to be touched by a ghost. No. But if you had a bunch of babies that you wanted to help get them to be adult quickly, I don't yeah. know how that would work, but they went from babies to 10 to 40. They, they can be attacked with spells only from creatures who are in the ethereal plane. So, oh, no spells. Right. Any human killed by a ghost forever dead. You're not, oh, you're not being resurrected. You're not being raised. That's right. Um, but you can, but he does have hit points. I, so I can't attack him. It's got to be a magical weapon. Yeah, uh, it's oh, silver right. or magical. Is that, does it say that somewhere? Yeah, it says it later. Oh, that's horrible. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. Um, so the last one is the lich. Those are the special. I don't know what that means. Lich. All right. Well, the special there on the turning. We haven't got to the turning table. Lich. That's it. I mean, that's the iconic picture, of course. Yes. The lich is on what page is that? Page 61. 61. Okay. The iconic Lich Pitcher. All right. So what makes he... Oh, 11 plus hit dice. Right. Negative AC zero. zero. Yep. One, uh, one attack, one to ten, plus one or better to hit. Yeah. Super genius. Super genius. Wildy Cody. Wow. Neutral. Paren evil. Yeah. A Lich exists because of its own desires and the use of powerful and arcane magic. Right. So there's no definition, but there have been people who've kind of defined what it would take to mm-hmm. do that. 
All right. A lich is most often encountered within its hidden chambers. This lair typically being in some wilderness area. So basically, you think of the lich as like, you know, he's like a man in the undead army or something. Right. He's like back in the uh, wilderness. He's right. got, he, you know, he's, he's not here to cause no trouble. He's, he's a powerful super creature that sits in the back and schemes whatever undead immortal creatures do. Got it. Hit dice are eight-sided, can be affected only by magical attack forms or by monsters with magical properties. Yep. So magical attack forms means magic weapons, too? I mean, uh, magic weapons or spells? Yes. Okay. Well, that, that affect it. Wait, what does that mean? Lich can be affected only by magical attack forms. What's in a magical attack form? It's, in other words, anything that's non-magical. So you have if magic weapons or magic... In other words, you have to have plus one weapon. Right. So in other words, magical attack forms means spells or magic weapons. That's right. Okay. Liches were formerly ultra-powerful magic users. Oh, or magic user clerics. I'm not, oh my gosh, I'm not right. less than 18th level. So this is the problem with them. They retain their spell use. Oh, that's terrible. So they are 18th level magic users or 18th level magic user clerics. All ma- liches are able to use magic appropriate to the level they had attained prior to becoming... Correct. Why is it 11 plus hit dice? Well, because that's they, when they go through this undead status, that's what they become. But, it's, but it says plus. Uh, words, yeah. Yeah, on their hit dice, it says 11 plus. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I don't know what the plus is for, to oh, be okay. honest. We always just rolled 11 hit dice. Okay. I'm sure there's a reason why. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. And then if you're below fifth level, you flee, you flee in panic. Oh, yeah, you can't take on a lich. You're not supposed to. No, this is horrible. People, people who do are, you can't kill, you can't do power woods, you can't charm, you can't sleep them. Again, if they have super genius, they're immune to certain, uh, even if you were going to argue the uh, illusions don't affect them dead, because they're super genius level, they're 19 or 20 intelligence. So um, they're immune to certain illusions at that point. Okay. So they're the, they're the apex of that. So undead in general are scary stuff. The advantage that a party has is that they have turning. They have the ability to turn undead. Right. A cleric, by using the power of their deity, can turn them. And so the turntable is on page 75 of the DMG. Right. And what you'll notice is it's a pretty quick progression. You know, by the time you're yeah. eighth level, you have a chance to turn anything. Oh, and at fourth level, you're automatically turning skeletons and zombies automatically. Right. right. So the process of turning undead is, um, you know, the, the cleric uh, in his action or her action says, I'm going to turn. They present their holy weapon and um, the, 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 the dungeon master determines the turn needed for the role and there could be pluses or minuses so you could give advantage if it was like sunlight you could do that there's also i've seen where like keep of the borderlands had a ma- amulet that made it harder to turn creatures right and i think also like places of extreme, extreme evil, evil that's right, right. Yeah. You know, if it's an evil temple it would be harder right. to do right. that you roll the dice and then you if you're successful you roll a d12 Right. Uh, and that's how many creatures are affected. Most of the, right. A couple I noticed, I didn't notice, well, some are 7 to 12, but right. those are those that's, are much higher. Well, that's the asterisk. That'll oh, that's be, the that'll, special. That's yeah. the Kickstarter, you know, rules AF that right. we're going to do. So 1 to 12, I'm affecting 1 to 12. Right. And I'm affecting them for, I know it's, where is it? It's I know it's it indicated in here. 3 to 12 rounds. I, that sounds correct to me. 
12, something about 12 yeah, rounds. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Not less than three, nor more than four. So three to, so one to 12 affected for three to 12 rounds. Right. And they move away from you. That's right. But I think what a, everyone plays it, and I think Sage Advice said this too, I believe, was that if you attack them, they will, of course, defend themselves. Right. It's, like the, it's kind of like the vampire, right? They're turning, they're recoiling. Kind of, right. I mean, not exactly like the recoil. It's, it's more serious. Exactly. But, but if you start attacking them, then you, what we say, break the term. That's right. right. Most yep. players play it that way. It's, not, it's nowhere in the, uh, by the book. I don't think it's anywhere discussed. No, and, and I've, seen a, I've seen other wares where if, um, let's say, the creature's in the corner, you could shoot them with missiles, and some groups have said, well, as long as you're not near them, they won't come after you. But, I would not play it that way. And that's fine. Because I don't think you're going to, I mean, in other words, I'm going to run from you. I'm horrified by what I see. You turn your sheet, you know. Right. But if I'm getting killed, then I would, I'm not going to stand there and be killed. Sure, and I think that's a reasonable uh, uh, example. And they will come back. I mean, you, you should roll. Right. I mean, most of us, I think we, they're turned, they're in the corner, whatever, and the people move on, and technically they can come back. Right. Um, now, of course, if you're evil, as we talked about, right? right? Now, you were neutral in there. We'll talk about the neutral rules. If you're evil, you can actually, they're either going to be neutral to you or they're going to follow, if right. I recall correctly. Exactly. Right? It says here under evil clerics, cause the creatures to be neutral, friendly attitude according to the reaction dice score. So you have to roll a reaction. So charisma matters here. Charisma is very important. This is why you want, don't, that's not a dump stat. You want to be a charming. So you're, if you're an, oh yeah, so if you're an evil cleric, you really, or, or we'll talk about neutral, you, you really like a high charisma. Well, in theory, clerics should always have high charisma because part Agreed. of their job is to you know, uh, convert people, and if they're more Agreed. charismatic, they would do that. But if you have a high charisma, they would join you. Unlike, it's, uh, it's, time, it's time. It's time to go. The place has fallen down. The place has fallen down. That's awesome. Um, so, um, yes, now if you're a neutral. That's awesome. If you're a neutral cleric, we know that there was no discussion of, just talks about right. evil and good. Right. The idea was, because again, there was no, originally the neutral cleric was a druid. Right. That, that if you're was, a neutral cleric, you're a druid. You were a druid. You were, well, but there's also lawful neutral and chaotic neutral, as right. I've talked about. Yeah, that's true. But the idea was, it, I, and even then, I think it was really evil clerics are good clerics. Well, and if you think about it, in some respects, a neutral cleric is maybe a little unusual, because you think of having a strong conviction about something. Neutral clerics don't seem to have strong convictions, I'm, I'm sure. That's debatable. Uh, but if I recall correctly, ultimately, polyhedron took the position, uh, which was that if it is lawful neutral, you act as a good cleric. Do I have this right? Go ahead, I'm and sorry. And it's chaotic. Which one was it? Lawful neutral? Acts if you're lawful good... neutral, would be good. Chaotic neutral would be evil. So if you're chaotic neutral cleric and you're following the polyhedron rule, you, act, you can actually attract undead, which gets... You've done this. You played a chaotic neutral. You right. worshipped Dionysus, right? Dionysus, and this this created some real. I mean, it was kind of wacky. I thought yeah, it was. Well, fine. It was a wacky place because you had skeletons serving drinks. So yeah, and you had the ghouls were following, right? And you had the ghouls were following along with the party because you befriended the ghouls, right? Then you and the, the ghouls. Well, the befriends. Yes, we befriended the ghouls. Well, it was, it was like there was two of them. Right. I can't remember their Th names. Thing one, thing two. Thing one, thing two. We're following around. Um, so okay. So, so, so uh, one of our folks said, what, what, you know, again, on the reaction table, there are hostile reactions. But I think the worst that can happen is you're neutral, right? Right, and that's what I basically you, said. You think you need a positive. I never liked it. There's a one where you like, there's a 50% chance of positive. Right. You think at the end of the day, you've got to roll a positive reaction. That's right. And then they'll befriend you. That's right. And how they follow you around for a while? So I think if you, if you roll a 56 or higher, 
and then you roll again 55% towards positive, they would go towards you. And they follow you around for a while. I'm trying to remember. With the evil. Well, it depends on the type of evil. Oh, that's right. It's in another part, isn't right. it? Right. On the turning undead, of course, because it wouldn't be right in the same right. place. Right. That would be too easy. It's on page 65. Right. It talks about the amount of time. Evil clerics. It's not very... Uh... So for, for, for us, it's the situation of you're using the reaction table, and again, at worst, if you roll and it's neutral... Um, because again, you're going to take your positive modifier. If your charisma's high, yeah. you're going to advance that. So you have a better chance of rolling a positive one. But if you still roll negative or below, I'm um, excuse me, neutral or below, yeah. you you can't uh, you can't do that. So can you talk a little bit? I'm just going to grab my uh, make sure that I've got to get to that. I know this is fascinating for the podcast. I got to get to the uh, post office at some point. Yes, that's I'm right. To get, well, well, can you talk quickly? But I know it's confusing. So and about the amount of the amount of people you turn. And right. Different well, there's, so there's two parts that are still there. The undead as a mixed group, because unfortunately you may have, uh, the DM may present an encounter that has multiple. So on page 65, it talks about that. It talks about it in a couple ways. It's still not very clear, at least if you read it. Uh, in the first paragraph, it says, you know, um, as stated in the table, this function may be attempted once only once by each cleric. Of course, if there are two, both can attempt, which makes sense. There is also an exceptional case where turning may be practiced more than once by each and every cleric concerned. This occurs in cases where multiple forms of creatures subject to turning are involved. If the creature attempting the turn is successful against any or if the cleric attempting the turn is successful against any or all types within the group or, or multiple forms of undead, that type of multiple types to the maximum number indicated by their die roll, otherwise indicated by the rules, are turned, and on the next round, the cleric so successful may attempt to turn other undead. This process may continue as long as each successful attempt is successful and the cleric lives. Undead so turn are the lowest hit dice uh, to the highest. So basically start from the lowest end. Any failure to turn undead disallows a future attempt by the same cleric. Turning can only occur at the same time as missile discharge, you know, so it tells when it's going to then in the second paragraph, it says, if the undead are a mixed group, which is what they just talked about, for example, one vampire, three gas, and eight ghouls, you may opt to disallow any turning of other effect if the most powerful member in the, in the example of the vampire is not turned. So you, and it says, no, this, no, naturally, this rule applies only to groups of mixed undead where the lesser are following the serving the greater. Mindless undead, skeleton zombies, cannot be considered wise as a clerical effect according to their die score, with the possibility of less or being turned out does not be effective. So, what they're basically saying, in a convoluted way, is if it's a mixed group and they're not being led, you, you roll the dice, and if you're successful in any, you turn those and you move up the thing. And you can keep turning until you fail. What's interesting about the impact is, let's say you wanted to turn the white. Let's say there was a white, two ghouls, and three zombies. And you were successful in turning the zombies, um, but you didn't successfully turn the white, you would turn the zombies, you could try again, but that first round, the white's still coming after you. It may take three rounds for you to get to turning the chance of doing the white, which makes these mixed groups very powerful. Right. Um, but you still have to adjudicate. So let's say, again, in that turning table, uh, a white, your, set, your third level, you have a white, two ghouls, and a... Uh, two ghouls, and three skeletons. Well, the skeletons are turned automatically. You roll a seven. You can turn the ghouls. You roll. You only roll a one. So that means 
one ghoul and one white are still there. Then the next round, you roll again, you roll an eight, you still only, now you turn the last ghoul, and you roll again, you roll a seven, you didn't turn the white in this scenario. Right. So Got it's it. a lot of work. Right, it is a lot of work. The, the, the second scenario is that if there's a vampire or a specter or even a wraith or something that's commanding the other undead, or in the case of there's a, 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 a top-level wraith and there's a subordinate wraith. You, you, would, you would have to, or sorry, the top-level wraith, and maybe there's whites being commanded by the wraith, whatever. If you don't roll a successful turn on the wraith, you don't turn any of them. So then the question is, if you are successful, does it start with the lowest and work its way up? Or does it start with the up and work its way down mm-hmm. in that case? And I guess I would argue, if you're turning the first one, uh, if, you're tur- if you have the power enough to turn the, the white and they're the ones leading it, the, the white would go and then you just have to decide, do the rest of them go? Well, if they're being commanded by it, then yeah, they would all go because their leader is leaving. Yeah, okay. But you could argue, no, they stay, on, they stay the same. So it's, it's not as clear as you'd like it to be. Okay. All right. But good, so good, and eventually if you get to turning, the last part is it talks about the end of 65 that you can, if they have a result of T indicates the undead are compelled to do some service. Treat the same way as an invisible stalker with the magic. The length of service compels equal to 24 hours minus the minimum score uh, the cleric needed to compel each service. So it basically talks about that if a cleric meets a lich, uh, it will remain neutral and not attack for a few hours. Meets a vampire, the vampire will join the party and serve for a few hours. And then you you can decide... um, and if it's a successful result of T, meaning they're automatically turned, you can keep them in service for a 24-hour period. And if they're a D, they will stay with you for every, as long as control is redone every six days. So, um, again, being an evil cleric's fun. Okay. That's, All right. That's a fun thing. So, I think the only part that we didn't talk about real quick is the groaning spirit, the banshee, which oh. is not on the undead table. That's weird. So, it's a evil elf female. Right. So I don't know if it's because of that. So that's some homework. If you know why, or either later, message us, info at GrogCon, because I did do some research. I didn't find anything. Why it's not on the turning table. And is it because they're a female elf and they're a spirit? Is that the reason why? Okay. I can't do that. Yeah. Good question. All right. All right. So let's roll, because I think the only thing I would, the only suggestion I have, real quick, is the Lords of Darkness, which is a supplement that came out, it's a little bit later, but it is basically a bunch of small um, encounters based on the undead Okay. you can have. All right. So you have to go. I do. So roll d10. Five. Five. That seems fair. Well, I'm going to give a plus one because you put a lot of effort. You brought cereal. Yeah, but things up. fell down, so I think it's, it's a minus one. Oh, okay. Okay. So All right. That's what I think. So next week, happy Halloween for those happy Halloween. on uh, Thursday here in the U.S. I assume it's everywhere else. So for uh, Grog Talk, I'm James. I'm Dan. And we'll see you next week on Grog Talk. See This is Big Abushi Puppy Production. All rights reserved.